0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: Before we start, a quick message from our sponsor. Uh, You. It should be you anyway. uh, Because the way that the Sunranto show stays on the air is because of you. Our Patreon subscribers, which because you're listening to this feed of the Sunranto show, which is not early, it's not ad free, um, is not you, and I wish it was you. So please go to Patreon.com/slash Sunranto, and for as little as a dollar, you can have ad free and early access to our Patreon RSS feed which you can paste and copy into any podcatcher and download the show and listen to it at your leisure without advertising. Uh, you get access to our show notes with a lot of great info about the pitching matchups and what's going on with the Cubs opponent in that series. Uh, plus, you get access to the Sunranto Super Ranchers page, where we sometimes have post-show and uh, post-game discussions. Um, at the $5 level, you get all of by Cubs Music and the Bleacher Bum Band's Cubs Music and HQ Downloads sent right to your RSS feed. For 10 bucks. you get the ranter calendar and your name gets shown at the end of every show as a super ranter. Um, now, if that wasn't great enough, 10% a month of all of our Patreon donations goes straight to the Lost Boys program where we help kids in Chicago play baseball, which is what this is all about. Uh, Final plea, if you would give each one of us a dollar, um, you know, like if we were just like out in front of Jewel, you know, like maybe one time throughout the year, well, that's a $3 pledge. If you would buy us a beer at Wrigley Field, that's a $3 pledge. Um, all the money goes right back into the show uh, for the Stream Yard that we stream live on, uh, for our events, for hosting our website and the podcast, for advertising uh, tickets and batteries and beer and mics and headphones, all of it. Um, the link to subscribe is in the podcast notes of this episode. So please, please subscribe. Become a Patreon member at patreon.com sunranto. And you'll never hear a message like this again. Please join us, patreon.com slash sunranto. Here's the show.
2: Covey blue blood flowing through our Kobe veins. Sitting in the bleachers in the city rain. We've shed the rain. a million tears and drank as many old self beers out at the game. Let's go, Covey, Sunrento. With Michael, Sunrento. And crawling, Sunrento, and the love of a losers. Sunrento. With Michael, Sunrento. And crawling, Sunrento, and the love of a losers. Sun rant
1: Oh, I thought you were gonna cut it short, you know, like in the eighth inning of the stream today, you know, just like
3: sun <laughs> I mean, uh, rant, no oh and just whatsoever.
1: To- Yeah, exactly. Just like finish it out there. (laughs) Hi, welcome to the Sun Ranto Show. This is a Rantor Roundtable. We got a star-studded event coming your way. My name is Danny Rocket. We've got E.E. Cubbings, otherwise known as Michael Cotton
3: over there. What's Uh, up? 161 poems in. I haven't done the last one. If you've got ideas, feel free to share them. Either way, it needs to be missing an
1: ending. (laughs) and, And of course, the man, the myth, Crawley. Crawley's Cubs, how you doing, man? How's it, how's everybody? How's everybody feeling after? You know,
4: it was the perfect way to end this season with a whimper. Uh, you had basically two seasons um, pre-trade, dude. We won.
1: Yeah. We won two or three. What do you mean a whimper?
4: <laughs> we won. Uh, the game didn't even get finished. They didn't even give a shit. They just said, "Let's go home. We're done. This is this is pointless. We have better." The Cardinals felt they had better things to do, but. You they
3: know, it, yeah, it, unfortunately, the Cardinals do have better things to do.
4: It wow. truly was a difficult season. One, what you know, I've been doing this a long time as far as going to games and stuff. And and from 2014 was that really first feeling of hope all the way up until 2020. Even last year, you, you felt like you had a shot. And this is really the first year where we get to an end of a season and it never felt like we were really in it except for the first two months. What So, disappointing. Yep. A lot of yeah,
3: disappointment. It was really this was really a throwback season, a throwback to the days of fucking Cubs suck. They're the worst. Oh wait, here we go. June swoon. That and that's that was like our life for. How many ever decades? Yeah, you'd be in first place in June
1: at some point, and then like the expos would sweep you, and that would be it. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, that's like such 80s, that's such late 80s baseball. Like it, it doesn't throw back to that. It's just see, and, and Carl, you brought up 2014 Cubs. I looked it up because I was interested. 73 wins for that team, uh, with 71 wins for this Cubs team, but um, and uh, only one winning month, which was uh, May. And then June – and then pitched a no-hitter, and it all fell apart. And so weird season uh, coming out of COVID. Uh, you know, just at least they played 162. You know, we got through it. Um, the Cubs didn't really get through it. Ended yeah, they, up, <laughs> they ended up all with COVID at the end of the year thanks to Connor McGregor. Um, yeah. That's what we're going to assume. We're just going to accuse him because uh, he's probably not going to sue us. He, de- and- he delivered his final knockout blow to yeah, the Cubs. To the Cubs. Well, thank you, Connor, cuz we needed it to end. And you know, I I feel like a little bit of relief and I also feel like I, I you know, just cuz that wasn't really that fun at a, at a point in this season. We you know, everybody we loved got traded. We had a little fun with Frank the Tank, but it wasn't good. You know, it's just like I'm we I'm ready to come back out, see what the Cubs are going to do in the offseason. I think there's going to be a lot to talk about, and we're going to talk to a lot of the people that we're going to talk to tonight. Um and uh let me just give you a rundown of who we got coming on, okay? Uh first of all, we got the director of morale. He's going to come on in one second. Uh Sarah Sanchez from Cup of Cubby Blue, Bleed Cubby Blue fan graph, she's coming on. Michael Cerami, uh my old uh, uh outside the Ivy co-host from television and Bleacher Nation, uh TikTok star, uh Evan Altman from Cubs Insider and the Rants coming through. Got Andy Dolan, otherwise known as Decipio coming through. Very funny man, Joe Kilgallen, uh, who's done a lot of Cubs. He's been on 17 Cubs podcasts just this year. He's been on so many different ones. And um, Brian Smith from Bleacher Nation does all the Cubs prospects. And he's going to round it out and hopefully give us some hope at the end. But uh, why don't we bring out our first guest, Mr. Hope himself. He's always here because he's never leaving. And um, his name is uh, the director of morale. It's Dom Frederick. How do you want us to – I, mean, just, I know you
5: have a title. Is just Frederick? No, Dom's fine. Fred, whatever. Dom. I really don't care. We we we'll call we, you Dom. Yeah, we won seventy one games, so whatever it is. <laughs> so,
2: so
5: I, I got
1: a question for you. We'll start here. Like, let's talk about you know your level of morale right now on a scale yeah. of of Milton Bradley to Ernie Banks. Where um. are you in morale?
5: Um, that's a good question. I mean, I'm, I'm a optimistic person. Uh, overall, I'm going to say for some reason, this guy popped in my head. I'm, I'm feeling like Darwin Barney in a way of like, I think we might have something with a few players, but I think those guys are going to be role players. And for us to really take the next step, I'm assuming you all are going to agree. We're going to need some real stars to come in and kind of change the framework of the team. So Darwin Barney. Uh, it's not terrible, but it's, you know, your kind of, uh, league average second baseman who might win a gold glove every once in a while. So whatever that means,
3: I, I really like that. I like that. It's a, yeah, because it totally is. It's it's the league average that gives you a little bit of fun, but if you just stick with that again, next year, that's not going to be good. 71 wins again. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Dom, Dom, you know, I, I noticed that over the season, you know, there was kind of a shift. You know, obviously, you know, people kind of sometimes confuse your online personality versus you know your real thoughts about things. And I think it kind of crept yeah. through when you're kind of talking about wanting to really push management to give us more to do better. What do you know? What are your ante- What do you think is going to happen this off season? And what would leave you disappointed in your opinion?
5: I think the biggest thing, and I'm going to hold true to this, is the idea of just turning it on in one off season. I think that's a really dangerous game to play because when we're talking about when are we going to sign guys, when are we going to spend the money, when are we going to do this or that, I really find that just going all in with a dream team and expecting everything to turn around in a couple months is kind of ridiculous. You really have to build up the framework. You have to build up the foundation again. And I would argue to simply create a new window, you need to have guys that are comfortable in playing. And as we've seen, whether it be John Lester in his first year, even though he was pretty good, Hugh Darvis, Jason Hayward, Tyler Chatwood, even though he was never really good with the Cubs, you're going to need some of these new free agents to come in and be comfortable in their surroundings. And I would just hope that the Cubs don't say, all right, well, in 2023 and 24, that's when we're going to turn it on. That's where we're going to spend. I think it takes longer than that. I'm assuming people would agree as well. You can't just flip the switch and say, "All right, we're going to win now, uh, and we want to spend the money." Um, that would that would be the thing that would probably hurt me the most. And just just thinking we can like trot along for a couple more seasons and then kind of get into a place where we can spend and then turn it on, I think that would be a major mistake. So I'm I'm hoping the Cubs can incrementally build over the next couple of years and start to see you know a new a uh, new competitive window and. If that's the case, I think we're in a good spot. But, again, it's all up to the Ricketts family. I've been pretty critical of them. I know you guys are critical of them at times, which is very fair. Um, And that's coming from someone who's supported them for a while. I just think they've made a lot of mistakes in how they've ran the team the last three years. But it's up to them. It's their show. They're our parents. They give us the allowance to do things. And uh, we, unfortunately, have to deal with uh, whatever decisions they want to make.
1: Do you see a situation kind of like what they did this year, which they kind of picked up a bunch of dudes on pr- prove it year deals, your Jack Petersons of the world, uh, and then you, uh, you know, kind of flip those dudes for Marisnik and get what you can get, and then keep, uh, you know, kind of loading your system up, uh, you know, not not to get yeah. and as young, I mean, we got a bunch of teenagers that are years away out of a lot of those trades, but or do, or do you see a situation? Where uh, you know it's a prove it year deal. Where if they are like this year, where if they are in contention, that they stick with those guys and build around it. Like do you do you see them doing that, or do you see them making a splash where they do sign somebody like uh, Javier Baez to a long term contract or a Trevor Story and say like this is the guy we're building around. This is the future is now. And you start adding to that court, Which which do you see like a this year thing, yeah. or like or like a we're going for it? John Lester is now our new starting pitcher. Kind of. Yeah.
5: Well, you know me. I'm again, like I said at the beginning of the show, I'm an eternal optimist. I'm a positive person at heart. I'm expecting them to make a splash. I don't have any inside information on that. So my hope is that they make a splash. But to simply save face, to save face, it would be the it year deals, and I would argue. As many would as well. That I don't know where that really gets you, right? It's like they're the guys are on prove it deals for a reason. If you want to go back and say, well, you know, look what the Giants did. They there's so many prove it deals. All these guys are uh, uh, performing in their you know older years. Things like that. I would argue that the Giants, while they're the best team in baseball, they are on an absolute heater right now. And the fact that they're finding guys like Gosman would that are performing at these elite levels is crazy so yeah i mean to save save face you sign a couple guys you say look who the look who we brought in you know trot them out for the you know winter press conference whatever it may be i'm just going to keep hammering it home even if we aren't going to compete next year i really think you got to go after one guy you got it you got to put your foot in the ground and say we're going to move forward from this point forward and if you don't you're really not going anywhere other than, you know, developing the middle infield with uh, Madrigal and Horner and finding, you know, some of these guys that have played big roles coming down the stretch in this season, even though we only have 71 wins like Swindell and Wisdom, seeing what they have and what they contribute to the next year. But I'm I'm really going to focus on hopefully a big splash that's coming because I think it's critical. And I think as we see over the sport, it's really hard to win. It's really hard to win. You need to have guys perform at the right time. You need guys to be comfortable. You need the locker room to be at an A plus level. And if it's not, there's too many other teams that are competing at really high levels that will surpass you. And that's really what happened over this, you know, past competitive window with the core four.
4: When you, when you talked a lot about, you know, trying to build around someone like Danny was talking about, do you see them looking more at position players or looking for pitching?
5: Listen, I mean, I, I, I've, Hyped up these guys because I do believe in them. Moral um, my guy Justin Steele, Keegan Thompson. I think they can contribute to a big league roster. I think they can contribute to a starting rotation. But the the moral of the story is when you look back at 2016, that was one of the best starting rotations we've seen in Cubs history. And if you want to compete, you got you to gotta have guys on the mound. You have to have horses on the mound to take the ball every fifth day. I'll say I was actually thinking about this today before coming on. It's really hard to tweet about pitching performances in the moment. So I often find that Twitter, and I'm probably to blame for this, is mostly geared towards position players because a guy hits a home run. It's like he hit home run. You can't say anything about him for the rest of the night. No one can rip on him. But if you have a great pitcher who's like dealing for five innings, like, wow, this guy's incredible. He's one pitch away from a home run. He's another pitch away from a second home run, and then it all goes down the drain. So that's kind of a a look inside my mind where I I have to think to myself, like, Fred, like, we really need pitching. I know it's great to tweet out home runs after home run and double and say, you know, we're going to hit the ball to the moon every single time. But we really need pitching, and I think over the last couple of years we've seen that. This year in particular, when you're, you know, trying to survive with Zach Davies and – Uh, a few other guys we had out there. I mean, God bless Jake, but, I mean, it obviously wasn't going to work out even though I was excited for him to come back. You need arms, and I think that would be a a really big move if they could find an arm that, you know, could start to, again, uh, help out this rotation and and, and build a new rotation for the future.
1: The first rumor that was just floated as far as starting pitchers, and I think everybody would be very happy if this happened and it would signal a direction is Marcus Stroman, who has been with the Mets, and, you know, I, I think that would be a good start. I I agree with you about all those young guys contributing to a starting rotation, but, uh, you know, you can't count on these dudes as taking that ball every fifth day because I don't think they have enough experience to know the league yet to do it. Yeah. Um, and so, like, I guess, who, who out of those guys that kind of all seem the same to me right now in, like, where they are in the development of their career – who do you like the most out of your Alzalis and your Steels and your Thompsons and your Samsons and your Coltshorts
4: Are you are you asking are you asking Dom to pick like his favorite child That's that's a yeah. hard
5: <laughs> Well I mean who, that, that is a hard question. I, who who do you see, I, I who know do you
1: see uh, taking a step forward and really solidifying themselves into a rotation spot next year?
5: I got I think, my guy. I think, I think just, it's I think it's Steel. I think it's just Yeah, I Steel. think Justin is the most unique lefty I'm, throws hard Big time slider guy as well. Yeah. Big time slider breaking ball. He has the attitude, not saying the other guys don't. I mean, you know, we have a lot of great competitors on the team, even though it's been a tough season, but I'd say Justin seal, he's proved it in the bullpen. Um, It's just kind of stretching him out, finding another pitch, you know, uh, hitting spots. And again, I think these guys can be quality starters, but it's just when we're looking at next year, it's like, while I'm supporting these guys through and through, and I don't want that to get twisted, I think it's, like we'd all agree, it's, it's kind of hard to say, all right, those three guys are going to take the ball. We have him, them, Kyle Hendricks, and then we'll, we'll figure it out from there. If you want to compete or do anything, you need to have a starter. And if it's not there, then we're in trouble. And I, the, the main point I want to bring up is that I think Cubs fans have seen over the last seven years, you need a whole lot of guys – To win, It's not 26 and done. It's not, you know, nine guys every day in the starting lineup and that's all you need. It's a 35-40 man ordeal if you're really trying to win this thing with injuries. There's going to be a few guys every single year that are just absolutely terrible. They're not going to get it done at the right time. It just happens. And I think as fans, we probably need to push this organization to have better organizational depth. I'm not saying they don't think about it themselves. But we probably shouldn't get so caught up with, all right, we're going to tweet out the lineup. Again, hand up. I'm, I'm, I'm the one to blame for it. But tweeting out the lineup, you know, one through nine, we'll be able to run through the league with this. You need to have a, a backup second baseman, a, a fourth outfielder to get it done. You need to have a six or seven starter to fill in in big spots when pitchers aren't, you know, performing or they're hurt. And that's what I'm looking forward to for this next window, this, this, this next hopefully great Cubs team. Where we have the depth that can really get it done, like we did in 2016.
1: I love it. Well, uh, let me ask you uh, just real quick: um, What do you got going for the off season? Anything fun planned? Any vacations? Anything coming up? Anything you're looking to accomplish? I'm getting,
5: mar- I'm, getting I'm getting married in a couple months, so ooh, uh, congratulations! There. Thank you. Um, other than that, hopefully, trying to watch uh, you know the Bears and uh, Matt Nagy not calling plays, but again. Hopefully, hopefully, number one, let's actually put this out there. Hopefully, number one, we're actually playing baseball next year after the collective bargaining agreement. Hopefully, yeah. that gets all cleared up. Like that—that's probably the biggest thing that we should be talked about. We should be talking about to make sure we can actually play next year. Once that gets through, hopefully, free agency starts to pick up. It's going to be another weird off season. I mean, I hope there's a lot happening, but the CBA has to get figured out. And, and once it does, then. Things can start rolling, but again, it all goes down to the Ricketts family. It all comes down to them, and I hope, I hope they don't take the fan base—great fans like you, Crawley, everyone. Like, I hope they don't take you all for granted. All the great people that are that support this team, the culture, the community. Because this was a tough season, and I don't think they should just say, "Hey, we can roll out the balls again," and these everyone's going to be, you know, fine with. Whatever it is, we sign a few free agents. Like Expectations have totally changed, and I hope they do right by the most diehard fans, and we'll see what happens. So hopefully well, hopefully, hopefully, we play baseball next year. That's the biggest thing.
1: Well, and if we do play baseball, I guarantee I'm going to be showing up to Wrigley Field in this shirt. I'm, but For the podcast listeners, I'm putting up uh, the, this new design shirt, and, Dom, I asked you if you were going to make a poster of this because I'd really love to hang this behind me. It's the yeah. not the not leaving uh, phrase that uh, you're famous for. With this cool, it's like uh, it's 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 not Clark, it, and it's and no. it's and it's not, and it's not um, Billy Cub. It's its no. own thing. It's it, it's a uh, smoking bear. That's, I think that's what you call it. He's like leaning yeah. up against the gate, which is right out. It's it's like the right field gate out there or something it, it's, like it's,
3: that. It's Jay Cutler with a Cubs. Uh, head on <laughs> exactly yeah, yeah. I mean Jay you know Cutler. what
5: I think a lot of people can relate to it it's it's like one of those times where you're distraught you're frustrated you're trying to think about you know what am I doing in my life like where are we going to go from here but the the one principle is we're, we're going to be right you know by that right field gate the whole entire time we're not leaving we're sticking by this team even if things are bleak even if we just won 71 games even if we just won a, broke a major league record for using 69 players in one nice, season. Nice, nice, um, nice. Uh, <laughs> but we're still here. We're still not leaving, even though it's been tough. And uh, I'll be here you know, the whole way through. And, again, thank you guys for uh, showing that. And uh, I really appreciate talking to you. It's been great again. And, I'll Dom, be-
4: I'm really hoping we got baseball next year. We catch a game at some point in time or at least have a
1: beer out in front of the ballpark.
5: Absolutely. Yes I really appreciate
1: it guys thanks again that would be a lot of fun yeah, I just uh, put out your website it's com. I just uh, you know put that in the uh, the show chat here so go 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 get yourself a, one of those shirts there's another one that's in blue but that's just says not leaving on its long sleeve it looks real good too so you got some great stuff and uh, you know and just appreciate your fandom and uh, we'll get up next year my man.
5: Absolutely. Let's yeah. do this again. I I always love coming on and listening to all your uh, ranter talks. It's great.
1: Thanks, brother. And uh, you have a you have a great off season. if Cheers. we don't talk to you Congratu-
3: soon. Congratulations on the upcoming wedding, man.
1: Yeah, Thank you. I appreciate con- it. Congrats. All right. Take care, man.
5: Have a good one. I'll so see long. you guys.
1: All right. Well, it's, it's, that's why I wanted to start with Dom, because I knew he would be, you know, it, uh, critical at the same time, but optimistic. And you know, I know that the three of us can get can go down some rabbit holes where it basically seems like the Cubs will never win a ball game again. So, uh, so we at least we'll start from the mountaintop, and uh, maybe we'll get more realistic as we bring on uh, guests.
3: We're, we're yeah, a little let's, drunker later. Yeah, let's, let's let's bring on the next guest who's just gonna who's like ready to just cut these owners down at the knees. Yeah, who we got?
1: Yeah, we got Sarah Sanchez from Cubs Perfect Cubby, choice. Blue, Cubby Blue. Cubby uh, Blue. Everybody knows Sarah goes for the knees, takes people out. Can't well, wait. Sarah's given up on the Cubs so much that she's wearing a Red Sox jersey right now, I believe.
0: <laughs> uh, okay, so, but I've still got the Cubs while in the background. The Red Sox are my AL team. They have been my AL team for years. I lived in Boston for six years. Uh, I am pretty happy with the Red Sox victory today. So I'm I'm not giving up on the Cubs. I have been waiting for a Cubs Red Sox World Series my entire life. And if that ever happens, just so we're all clear, I will cheer for the Cubs. But go Sox.
1: Hey, a quick message from our sponsor, the Spotify Green Room app. What are you doing at 8pm on Thursday? Well, here's what you should be doing. You should be listening, and participating with the Sunranto Show's weekly room on Thursdays at 8 p.m. on the Spotify Green Room app. It's free to download and use. You can talk to me and other fans and athletes and insiders in real time. It's free. It's an audio-only social media platform for sports fans. You can start or join ongoing conversations, watch games together, react to big news, rumors, and, well, the games themselves. Talk to other sports fans, insiders and athletes and executives just like me (laughs) and uh, join in on conversations with me and have a chance to be featured on our podcast. Yes, that's right. We will be releasing our Spotify show on the podcast. So you can participate in any discussion we are having on there. We're going Thursdays at 8 p.m., and it's a place where the Sun Ranto Show can talk about some extracurriculars around baseball, around the Cubs, around Chicago, around how we're feeling, and you can join in the conversation. It's awesome, and it's free on the iOS App Store. So download the Spotify Green Room app for free, create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the baseball group Follow Sunranto show, and then you'll be notified when the room goes live. But I'll tell you, it'll be Thursdays at eight. So join us, Spotify Green Room app. We thank them for sponsoring the Sunranto show. Back to the show.
4: You know that uh that would almost happen. We almost got that in two thousand three. Uh Sarah, you know, I, I saw you on that last home day game on Ballhawk Corner. You were in the chair, I didn't even see you for a second but my tie was kind of running wild. I got to ask you, because I know you write for fan graphs and you follow all the teams, you know, not just Cubs. How the hell are the Cardinals doing this and how scared should I be?
0: Uh, it is a Schwarber Jersey Facebook user. <laughs> Say that. What's your question? You got to repeat your question, Crawley. Uh,
4: my question was, how for real are the Cardinals and how the hell are they getting this done? Do they really have a chance at this thing?
0: I think that the Cardinals are scary for the same reason that the Giants are scary. They have a lot of players who have been there before that know how the postseason works. They are the anti-Padres, right? Like, the Padres kind of faded down the stretch. They just didn't have that veteran leadership, those players who understand what it takes to win and get to the postseason and make a deep run. I think that the Cardinals have that, obviously, right? Like they've got Adam Wainwright. They've got Yadi Molina. This is not their first rodeo. They know what it takes to win. Matt Carpenter is a bench player these days, but he understands how to get there. And he's going to help a guy like Nolan Arenado or a guy like Paul Goldschmidt, who hasn't really been there before, figure it out. And I, I think that those intangibles really matter in the postseason. So in the case of the Cardinals, it's it's not are they real or not? I think it's they know how to win. And they're winning right now, and they believe in themselves. That said, I'm not a better. I'm not, like, a gambling person. If I was putting money on the wild card game on Wednesday, I would bet on the Dodgers. I don't think that the Cardinals stack up very well against them. I think in a one-game playoff, it's real hard to bet against a team. Even even losing Max Muncy today, I think it's real hard to bet against the Dodgers. Schorzer versus Wainwright is is a no-brainer. you got to go with the Dodgers.
1: Yeah, at home too. I mean, it'll be the Dodgers at just, Dodger Stadium. LA. Yeah, I've had just...
4: too much devil magic to scare me. I, I, I'm spooked. It's Halloween.
1: I'm getting scared. Well, the Cards are three and four versus the Dodgers this year, so that's pretty even as it goes. And let's see the the run differential here, and it looks like uh, they've, oh wow, they've the Cardinals have allowed forty two runs to the Dodgers and only scored twenty, so they lost they lost big and one small. So. And I mean, postseason. I mean, you can't really extrapolate the regular season into the, the, uh, into the postseason. I, I think that's tough to do, but um, all right, l- let me ask you, first of all, I forgot to ask Dom. I wrote, wrote down a bunch of trivia questions about the 2021 season. And so, and I forgot to ask Dom one. So now I got an extra one in the po- in my pocket here. So uh, let's, let's see how you do on this, Sarah. Um, the, Cubs used five position players to pitch this year. Can you name them?
0: Eric Sogard. Did Duffy ever pitch?
1: Duffy pitched.
0: You got it. Um, oh, got to go ca- like backup catcher style here. So... Um, don't Which backup it. catcher will it be, though? There's like nine of them. Don't do yeah. it. Don't do it. Don't,
1: don't, oh, don't, don't, don't do it. Don't go yeah. back. Backup right, no, there are no catchers on this list, surprisingly.
0: Anthony Rizzo. Did Rizzo pick? Rizzo, Rizzo struck out. Free, this, yeah. That was this year, right? That he struck yeah. the strikeout of Freddie Freeman. I can't yes. believe that was still this year. That felt like, it like, a like
3: million 27 years
0: ago, right? years ago. So, Anthony yeah. Rizzo. Yeah um hmm. did jock alternate- peterson ever pitch because that would have been fun and i really wish jock peterson would have pitched no he did, that's a bummer he did
1: not i'll, I'll give you a, a another hint for another guy uh his brother was a backup catcher on the team <laughs> oh so romine the
0: romine yeah, yeah. Andrew romine. yeah
1: the andrew Romine. and then there's one more and he's the one that actually i believe did it the most recently
3: yeah, he was the most recently. The yeah, last but category. you know,
0: I I kind of started paying attention to the Red Sox and <laughs> the Cubs were successful. Like so. I haven't
3: watched most recently. You you haven't you haven't watched this I've long, been, slow I've death watched. march.
0: I've watched. I've been at the games. <laughs> I went to games that I could get into for free. Yeah, we But together.
3: but you definitely turned this game <laughs> off because why would you have waited to see Sergio Alcantara pitching <laughs> in a blowout? Like why I did would not you, see would, that? even if you had been watching the game, you had to turn it off before he pitched.
0: Yeah, I definitely yeah. did not see the Sergio Alcantara <laughs>
3: one. Yeah. Now, now,
0: Sarah,
4: I know you love Wilson Contreras, yeah. and Wilson just mentioned the other day he was kind of surprised he did not get traded. Uh, what do you think happens this offseason? Obviously, he's going into his, his uh, last year, his walk year. So are, do you see some sort of deal being worked out? Do you believe they build around him, or what do you see happening?
0: I honestly don't know. Um, here's what I think about the Chicago Cubs, re- regardless of what Jed Hoyer says about, oh, we're going to do intelligent spending or whatever. Um, <laughs> that, I, I, that's not a real phrase. That's just like Jed Hoyer non-answering things. And that's, there's been a lot of non-answers from this front office. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, I think that Wilson Contreras is a great catcher. And I think that if we've seen anything this year... We have seen how fragile that position is in terms of the Cubs' farm system. I mean, they 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 were picking up any guy who could catch off the waiver wire and just throwing them in games, right? Like they I, they used nine backup catchers. It's it's they had nine players. Sorry, not eight backup catchers. They they used nine players at the position this season. It is out of control. I think that that to me says that Wilson is a guy you can build around. I've always thought that deal is affordable. I think you can get him for Sal Perez-type money. And I think that that's a smart investment. And I think that he has he's one of the best hitting catchers in baseball. He plays a ton of games. He's good with the pitching staff. He's constantly improving. But it would not surprise... Oh, and, and critically, I don't think that Miguel Amaya took the types of steps forward this year. In fact, he hardly played at all. That would yeah, make the Cubs an arm
3: injury, yeah. Earlier, right.
0: That would make the Cubs comfortable with okay. Well, we've got this kid in the minors who can just take over, and we we can let our all star catcher go. Uh, so I think that they should try to work out a deal with Contreras. I think they should keep him around to bridge the gap. And and like Wilson said after the trade deadline, rebuild around me. I think that's what they should do. I have no idea what Jed Hoyer is actually going to do. I think that my gut tells me this team is not set up in the farm system to be good again until 2023 or 2024. I apologize to every listener who is out there right now cringing and like, wait, what do you mean? I want to watch a winning Cubs team before then. I don't think there's any amount of free agent moves that they can make in 2022 to change that regardless of what happens with the CBA. But I also don't think they'll make a single move until that deal is done. And that means it could be a long offseason for Cubs fans waiting to see what happens because Jed Hoyer is not going to add anyone to this team until he knows what the terms of the player's contract is. And that's smart, but it was kind of brutal to watch them set themselves up for maximum flexibility with the new CBA by ripping our hearts out and taking all of our favorite players and just selling them off for spare parts that might play someday in four, three or four years.
1: Do you see any of those guys coming back? I mean, obviously there's room for them all on the team. (laughs) They they could definitely use, Anthony Rizzo and, yeah, every single one of them.
0: You could use all of those players. Yeah. Um, In my gut, I think that the player they could make the best deal with is Javier Baez. I think that his market is probably fringier than the other players for a few reasons. There's a lot of really talented shortstops on the market in this offseason, and I think Javi, as talented as he is and, and, and as wonderful as he is and as much as we all love him, he sort of finds himself the odd man out in a field that's got Carlos Correa and Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon. There's a lot of talent to be, yeah, Trevor Story. There's a lot of talent to be had out there if you're looking for a shortstop. And that that talent doesn't strike out 30% of the time, which is helpful for them.
3: Right. That being said, though, he really turned it on over the last, well, since he went to the Mets, he really turned it on to show somebody that he's worth some ducats. He even walked. He started walking. He started walking 10% of the time he was walking.
0: <laughs> he did. And and that's a reason that his, his market might be better than it was to be anticipated. But I still think that, like, one month, a month and a half of Javier Baez walking is probably not going to land him the deal that he wants. So I, I see a path where the Cubs could sign him for, like, a two-year deal with an option or something. And he comes back in sort of a make the fans happy so that they come back to the park type of thing. I think Javi is actually a great investment for the Cubs for numerous reasons, not just because I like watching the Elmago show. I think that he his skill set will transition to another position like third base or second base real easy later you know, in his career. Right now. He'd be the best th- he'd be the best third baseman in the league if he was playing third base right now. And and the Cubs have a lot of shortstop talent in their system. So I, I think that Javi is probably the most likely I don't know how likely that is. Maybe like 30 percent, 40 percent.
3: I see. I would say it's even less because the Cubs would have to come out of their shoes to get him. And I think that he would sign for less in uh, New York. Like if New York, if the Mets are interested at all in having him, I think they get the best deal for him because he gets to play with Lindor and he plays on second base and, you know, in his the backup shortstop and, and Cohen's
1: there. and Cohen's still trying to make his billionaire splash. You know he hasn't brought the championship that our billionaires brought us. At least the one. I mean, Cohen just got there. He's got to do stuff to make the fans like him. But he's I also an idiot. But
0: <laughs> so. I don't think Javi's going to stay in New York. I think that that whole little New York controversy where everybody got upset at him booing the fans or whatever uh, probably has Javi thinking, eh, maybe the city isn't for me. In the same way that I would be be kind of surprised if they re-signed, um, like, I don't know. I think that if Strowman's up, right? Like, Strowman has an option or is up this year. Like, I think I'd be surprised if he stayed there as well. It's just not a very friendly environment for players who are a little bit streaky and who the fans get down on sometimes. And look, Javi is loved in the city of Chicago Javi can be streaky in Chicago all he wants We never boo him, we never get upset Like We will just cheer for him all day long That's what we do
4: Now, there was no social media night uh, This year, Sarah But we do have a friend of ours here from the show uh, Dan, you want to introduce the next guest?
1: Yeah, yeah, I would love to uh, This is my good friend All of our good friend, Michael Cerami From uh, Bleacher Nation I don't even know the guy
3: so. yeah. You never met? I've I've never met Michael and, uh, cause you I just far. generally don't like his face. So I'm not, I'm <laughs> oh. not giving him any fucking well, props yet. What, what, so what, <laughs> so, so why don't we just take you off the show?
1: <laughs> oh, how do you like that? Uh, and, uh, just got bumped from my own show. Yeah. You Cerami, did. Yeah. Big time. And God yeah, I don't, damn it. I, don't, I don't remember this called the Cub X three <laughs> show was <laughs> since when it called that. So, uh, no, let's bring him on. Michael Cerami, my old uh, television partner from uh outside the ivy come on in and uh, join the conversation we we need more heads in boxes if I, I i thought the other day that if i ever rebranded a cubs podcast i'm just gonna call it fans in boxes and then yeah. that's all you know, just call it that and then we're all just in like little mimes and boxes we just try to get like 50 boxes going and everybody muting and i'm um, like that. i
3: like that idea want, Mime podcast. Well, let me
1: start you with a, a real quick trivia question uh, the okay number two. The Cubs used sixty nine players in the 21, 2021 season. Can
6: you I ask me to name them all.
1: No, yeah. How many were on? <laughs> real quick, real quick, name them. No, no. How many of them were pitchers? Oh, that's a great, out of sixty okay, nine. Cool so all right, let me do just nice. some
6: quick mental math. I'm going to keep it uh quick. So yeah, sixty
1: nine. Do 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 do.
6: Um, I'm going to say there were <clears throat> thirty one pitchers.
1: 40, ah, 40 pitchers. Oh. I know it was mostly, pit. I was like, really only 29 position players. Like, I mean, there were at least four Johnny Osh- and I believe <laughs> that played this year, at least four. Oh. Now the
4: interesting thing about having you and Sarah on Michael is that Michael, you've gotten a little bit of controversy this week, trying to make some peace with between Cub fans and Sox fans. Uh, you, you came up with your TikTok video. Um, Sarah, I know you, Go ahead. Yeah.
1: I, I I have the TikTok video just so everybody knows what we're talking about. Well, first, I guess you want to tell the story before the TikTok video? Because they yeah, made the TikTok video. Yeah, as as a uh okay. reaction to something. So that happened. I, I saw a video
6: of Guaranteed Rate um playing Thunderstruck and like they're doing their strobe light thing, and there was fireworks and flashing lights and everything. And I swear to God, in the most in the least critis- critical way I could have ever intended was like, wow, this is a very different experience than Wrigley Field. And I even said in the tweet, two things is that this is not a criticism. And then I even was like self-deprecating. I was like, the difference between guaranteed rate and Wrigley, don't say winning. And I, I, I cannot believe how much just immediate and complete hate I got from mostly White Sox fans. Some Cubs fans are pissed off too. But like, in that instance, I didn't even realize I was going to be like triggering people. I just know I have a lot of Cubs fans, followers. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. Like, it, it caught my attention. I didn't, I never saw a guaranteed rate like that. Like, I don't know. I just don't pay attention. And I thought
3: people would be like, oh, yeah, that is different. That is you not. Were a, you amazing. were 100% right. All the fireworks, the lights going, you know, flashes stuff. It was a very different thing. It was, it was, I mean, that stuff can be fun. It looks yeah. fun. I, know, I, I, I wasn't. I thought it was crazy. You got so much hate for that. I, I, I je- like, listen. It's
6: not maybe my favorite thing, but I was not criticizing <laughs> it. It was like being at an NBA game or something. But oh boy, did people get mad at me. <laughs> so, that was, so, Danny, let's, well, roll, the yeah, I, let's I roll the clip. Let's roll. It's
1: a little bit. Of, yeah. Yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. I experienced a little bit of that this year. Sox fans, they really do have quite a, like, itchy trigger finger. They definitely have a chip on their shoulder in the little brother complex that you really can't say anything without getting piled on. But uh, let's see you trying to make peace here. Here's a TikTok video you put out. All right, Cubs and Sox fans, you don't have to like each other, but we got some things we got to clear up, okay? First
6: up, to the Cubs fans, guess what? The White Sox are good this year, and we're not. You got to get over it. They're a fun, young team, full stop. They deserve all the attention they're getting to the White Sox fans. The Cubs and White Sox have won the same number of World Series since 1901 and they have won one more recently, so like this whole argument over irrelevancy, it doesn't hurt our feelings anymore. We won a lot over the last 7-8 years and uh, it wasn't enough, but it surely was more than the White Sox. To the Cubs fans, you might like Wrigley Field more, and it might actually be an older, more traditional baseball experience, but a lot of people like the fireworks and the loud music and the lights, and that's fine. Guaranteed rate is just a different flavor of baseball. It's not necessarily a worse one. White Sox fans, Wrigley Field isn't a dump. It's not crumbling, it's not old, it's not out of date. They just went $500 million over budget renovating the stadium and the surrounding area. It's the whole reason we're in this problem in the first place. So it's okay to admit that Wrigley is a beautiful place to watch baseball. It is. It's objectively a good stadium. Cubs fans, if the White Sox make it to the World Series this year and they're playing against the Cardinals or the Brewers or the Dodgers, uh, you don't have to root for the White Sox, but if you root for the NL team in that case, uh, you're absolutely insane. Know who your real rivals are. And White Sox fans, don't be sore winners. We know your team is good. We're just hurting really bad right now. They just traded half the World Series team, and we don't have a lot to show for it at the moment. So, you know, give us a break. I'm a Cubs fan, and I'm not going to be rooting for the White Sox anytime soon. And I'm not saying that we have to love each other. Um, The rivalry is great. It's fun to have this crosstown, you know, sort of back and forth. Um, It just would be nice to do it when both teams are good. And when one team sucks and the other team just shits endlessly on the other team, we're not serving any purpose. It's pointless. It's like... We can admit that one stadium is good or one team is good without absolutely jumping down each other's throats. That's all I'm saying. All right. I think I solved it probably, right? Yeah. Okay.
1: And how much did you get shit on for that peacemaker video?
6: So, that one, I will say, I knew what I was doing. I knew that was for engagement. <laughs> um, I knew that that was <laughs> going
3: to get some. Uh... <laughs> you, right. You had a moment. You took over. Yeah. Um, was, Sarah... I want to know what that background music was, though. It's just like a
6: background TikTok ambient noise thing. I I don't know. I, I don't, I'm trying to think like th- the big thing that I wanted, wanted to accomplish and why I was going back and forth with some people is, is really like one thing. And that's, I want to be able to, as a Cubs fan, I want to be able to talk about the White Sox if I want to. And it is like near impossible for me on both sides, Cubs fans and White Sox fans, for me to like enjoy it at all. And I'm not a White Sox fan. I'm not going to be rooting for them, but I'm going to be watching the World Series. And if they are playing against the Cardinals or the Brewers, it it truly, like, you can do whatever you want, but it seems crazy to me that if there was, you know, if Nolan Arenado was up and hit a home run, that wouldn't make me happy. If it was a, like, that wouldn't be a good thing because it was against the White Sox. But if Tim Anderson hit a home run and the Cardinals lose the World Series, that would make me happy. That's better because I hate the Cardinals more, and that's kind of all I was trying to get at. Is like, just let me be okay with that, and we're not allowed. Like, it, we're not welcome to enjoy it, and that's. I think that that's not right. I think that's Sarah, sucks. Sarah, I know
4: that Sarah, I know you've gone to a couple Sox games this year as well, correct?
0: Oh yeah, I've gone to three or four, and and I think we are allowed to like the White Sox, but I think you have to be like super upfront about what you're doing and like what your loyalties are. So I have a couple of friends who are Sox fans. Uh, I'm really good friends with the crew over at Northside Sox. They're great. Shout out to Janice Curio, who is one of my favorite White Sox fans. I follow a bunch of the Section 108 people, met a few of them when I was down there for the Yankees-White Sox game. And look, I admit that part of this is because I'm not a native Chicagoan. I grew up in Utah. So as far as like – like, until Interleague came along, those White Sox games were exhibition games and I didn't care. Like Michael Jordan got called up to play in them. They were just whatever, right? Um, I never had White Sox friends like tease me or rib me about being a Cubs fan or anything like that. I did have a neighbor who was a Cardinals fan who was, you know, he was that kid. And I see you, Stephen Laszlo. Like anyway, um, my point being- Shout out, that, Steven. <laughs> yeah, he, he's definitely not watching this show. Uh, but my point is that, So I actually have a lot of friends who are White Sox fans. I tried to get tickets to the postseason. I I wasn't able to. I was at work, and I was trying to do it on my phone, and it just didn't work. Um, But I think that you just have to be really upfront with where you're at. They know that I'm Cubs first. They know that I'm never going to cheer for the White Sox against the Cubs. But I'll tell you this. The White Sox are my second favorite team in this postseason. I was looking at it just now. Red Sox all the time. But if I can get like a World Series with that Tim Anderson bat flips and slides and Aloy Jimenez and Luis Robert doing cool things and the return of Carlos Rodon and Lucas, G- did you all see the video that Levante did with Lucas Giolito and the changeup and he's teaching the little kids the changeup? How can you not love Lucas Giolito? That's incredible stuff. That's A plus plus heart content. So well, I'm I'm anyway, gonna be, go I'm go gonna Sox be- Soxtober is here.
4: I'm going to be 100% honest. Michael and I went back and forth on this a few times because I am of the mentality of pick a side. And I did some research because I know some of Michael Cerami's classmates. So I did some hardcore research. Okay. And so as I looked this up,
3: what I started
0: What the
4: hell is about to happen?
3: <laughs> this is your life. So we're gonna, I will... we're, we're going to get most just... likely to be a White Sox fan. This is this book. is a
4: theory, Michael, and I was going to pass it by you. Okay, I'm okay. going to pass it by you. You're younger than Danny Michael and myself. Sarah's younger than all of us probably or she at least looks that way. Um but what when I was talking to your former classmates I said guys, did you guys not fight with like Sox fans like getting big arguments or or this and that? And they were kind of thinking about it and getting back to me and what they said was, "Look, we never saw the Bears win a Super Bowl. We really were too young to enjoy the Bulls thing. The White Sox were the first team we ever saw win something in Chicago." So I'm just wondering, I know you said it's not location or generational, sure. but that got me thinking like, "Huh, kind of interesting because when you were like in your prime of growing up of a young sports fan, that 2005 team and the don't stop believing and all that stuff. I wonder if that somehow had an effect on you. Yeah. I mean,
6: it could have, but so this is the thing that was too hard to get into on Twitter is that like, I definitely got people. I was, have always been a very big Cubs fan. So like in my extended family and friends, I was the guy who was the Cubs fan. So yeah, a lot of White Sox fans. Um I have a lot of uncles that are White Sox fans and like stuff like that and they would always give me crap for the Cubs uh not winning. But that was like kind of dumb to me then too. And that's why in one of my points in that video, like I even even recently people were like giving me like the 100 years thing for the Cubs. I was like <laughs> that doesn't even make sense anymore. Like even the distribution of the World Series for the White Sox and Cubs is even, and the Cubs was way more recent. So like none of the, 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 um, the, the chirping like ever made sense to me. And, but I did get it all the time. And so I guess what I'm saying is you're right. Yeah. White Sox fans have been razzing me forever, but like we're in a rare moment where the Cubs actually, we do have some upper ground, not like right now, but over the last decade. So we can be the ones to extend the olive branch and be like, go win, go do it, fine. Like, I just don't get how them, it doesn't have to be them winning is bad for us. It it just doesn't. Again, especially when it's against our rivals that we actually dislike. So I don't know.
0: I have to add one thing here because this is what I remember about the White Sox most recently, aside from like the games I've been at and that type of stuff. I remember the White Sox putting up billboards on the Dan Ryan for the Cubs in 2015 and 2016, wishing the Cubs good luck in the the NLCS and, and then in the World Series. That is a class act. I hope the Rickets do the same thing. I want to see. Wait, <laughs> I'm he not left? even laughing at what Good you saw. Luck. I'm
6: laughing at Danny, who's definitely, I was like, he's about to crack up. At that,
0: <laughs> Good luck. It's postseason. Why not? Who cares? Like, I I, I no. honestly just don't I, care. I, I the, agree. the person I hate you the worst you. on the White Sox is Tony La Russa, and I can't do anything about that. But I would love Elo- Eloy Jimenez is going to have the coolest experience in the playoffs, and I'm here for it.
3: No, I, Sarah, I'm 100% with you. We're all just laughing because we know that the fucking Ricketts, <laughs> the Ricketts aren't going to spend a dime to do it.
4: Billboards cost money, Sarah. Yeah. They, they didn't, even, they didn't, even, do, of,
3: they they didn't even do the fucking giveaways this year. Yeah, Like, they didn't even take the time, probably because they fired somebody that is supposed to do it, but they didn't even go out and get a sponsor to fucking, I don't know, give away a... a a yeah, cowboy hat they, yeah. Or they some don't, shit they, they don't pay for those it's paid for by this <laughs> wendella boat rides or whatever Yeah, but they didn't even do it because they i mean this is how bad they are at spending money so there's never going to be a a billboard there wouldn't even be a billboard from the ricketts saying good luck
1: cubs it, it'll just it'll be a billboard for ricketts <laughs> new SPAC that he's putting yeah. out there into the market yeah, come um, come 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 to our In, our betting casino. Yeah, come to our casino. Uh, so, uh, as long as we got you on the show, because I, I know one of the big <laughs> questions, Sarami, you're a huge Ian Hap fan. You had the, you always had that that giant fat head that you had with you backstage at outside the Ivy. And, He's the uh, last one.
2: Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, and, exactly. You were the the last making the,
6: the last of the Hap fans. Yeah,
1: actually, Dom Dom's a pretty big. Uh, who we just had it. He's a pretty big Hap fan. Mm-hmm. He sells coffee with him. But, uh, so, um, but I wanted to ask you this because, you know, Ian Happ, uh, this year, we saw him disappear for much of the year. He it, it just wasn't around. I'm going to put up his numbers here, okay? Uh, it, it, April, terrible. May, p- pretty good, right? Uh, June, disappeared. July, disappeared. August came back after the trade deadline, and he finished strong September, October. Um, you know, it, he won his arbitration case. His uh his money went up. I forget what he's making, like five, six mil or something like that. Roughly, yeah. Yeah. And so it you know, that'll go up now, most likely. I think it'll
6: go up. He he I'm guessing he won't be filing a big arbitration increase, but he'll get more because that's how it works. He, he definitely the, will. Yeah. Everybody gets a little bit more.
3: Yeah. You don't think they'll let him walk like they did to Schwarber? That's my question. Do you
1: think they're going to do it? Schwarber was expensive, yeah. but, you know. No, I don't know.
6: So, uh, yeah, I get the. So I think that – um, and, and I won't take credit for this exact sentence, but I think um, the way Brett put it earlier today was, like, perfect. Uh, while there were questions over whether the Cubs would, like, non-tender half at the end of the year at some point the season – um, I think those questions have been resolved. He's absolutely worth his arbitration raise. Whether, uh, or um, let me rephrase this, like how they use him next year, that's still up in the air. And you should plan as though he's a non-factor um, and just hope that when he is on the team, you know, you're going to be able to use him in a certain way. Um, I think that the reason I'm mo- I, 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 that happens a lot of sense for the 2022 Cubs is because... Um, of a lot of the things we always said about him, but it's a lot like this year with some of these older guys that came up and had success. The Cubs are going to have opportunities next year. They just will. They probably won't sign enough players to squeeze Ian Hap out entirely. And if he can show uh, that these last two months are something closer to what he can deliver, well, that's a great thing to try to learn in a season that you're not guaranteed to be competitive from the get-go anyway. So, if you can get a 27-year-old multi-positional switch hitter that had a great end to the season in free agency, we would be like, yeah, that's a good guy for the 2022 Cubs to target, even if he's not a lock to perform. Well, that's Ian app. I mean, he exists. Whoa. So you might as well see what he can do, especially since he finished strong, as opposed to if it was the opposite and he had a great start and then a horrendous
3: ending. It's like, well, you know, that would be a little bit more difficult. But Recent as of now, yeah. he's going to be good- on the team, I think. To go along with that, they probably won't start playing until August anyway next year, and we know that August and September are great for Ian Happ, so may as sure. well keep them around, right? Sarah, where are you on Ian Happ I, right now?
0: I'm in the same place I was when I, where I was earlier this season when he was struggling in like May, when I said, "Is will the real Ian Happ please stand up?" I think I actually titled an article. Uh, that I wrote for BCB. Will the real Ian Hap please stand up? Because I I just want to know: Is he this dude who is like a quasi MVP candidate, or is he this guy who just like disappears for long stretches and and like offensively is just just cannot catch up to a high fastball? Is reaching and his ground ball rate just like skyrockets? It it's not it, it's it's weird, right? Like Ian Hap is only either one of the top 10 hitters in the league or one of the bottom 10 hitters in the league. And, and I want to know what's going on there. I have an interesting theory and idea for Ian Hap. And this, this is not mine. I heard someone else say at first, that person might've been Michael. So if it is Michael credit, kudos to you. But if it's not kudos to whoever I, I am not remembering to credit right now, why is Ian Hap still a switch hitter? He is so clearly better for one side of the plate. He should pull a Cedric Mullins, give up switch hitting and see what happens.
6: So that wasn't me. Um, I think I saw what you're talking about too. I'm not opposed to it. The thing that threw me off is, and I got to look into this, this is going to be entirely um, anecdotal, but it sure seems like the last two months he had some uh, really interesting performances from the right side of the plate. He had that huge homer. I know he hit a ton of line drives. Um, I think he just started doing it better. And that's just like another one of those like, throw your hands up and it's like, I don't know, I guess try it again. Um, So I don't disagree with you, Sarah, like that might make sense, but there is value if he actually can do it a little bit and he might, he might be able to. Um, The thing that I'm going to be really excited to do is dig into the data over these last two months and see if anything specific uh, changed, see if I can maybe talk to happen, see if anything changed on his approach. Um, But You know, uh, I think as long as the Cubs are not going to sign three starting outfielders, he's going to have a role in some capacity, and that's fine. I mean, just let him do it. There's the the 2022 Cubs like might be a surprisingly competitive team, but they're definitely not definitely going to be a competitive team. So you got to just give guys shots. And when you give up on a guy like Ian Happ, well, then you might miss out on 2021 Kyle Schwarber, like. You know, that's what happens and not always. So I'm not saying it's not a risk. It just feels like a risk worth $7 million when your payroll is $70 million. Like what reason is there to not pay a guy with his pedigree and who has, again, People who don't like to admit this never been a below average hitter by way to rents creative plus, including this season because of the end of the, the last yeah. two
1: months. Yeah, Cause he goes on these two he disappears for two, three months Then he comes back for a month or two. And that's know?
6: obviously not acceptable. Like I'm not like, you know, he can't, if he does this again, well, the highs might not ever be worth it then, but yeah. like, you know, you just got to hope that something actually did
1: change. So now, I'm going to, I'm gonna can I bring another voice into this conversation so we can stay on schedule? And we'll, let's get let's get all the big the big names out here. Here's uh, Evan Altman from Cubs Insider. What what are you drinking, Evan? Uh, I got like some uh, nice the, beer.
7: the Singleton 12 Year Scotch.
1: Oh, it's a Scotch. Look at you! I, I decided dampened. I decided for once to drink coffee during this during a Sunranto show because uh, I was just like, you know what? These round tables tend to get. Off the rails, real fast, and they go three and a half hours long because I get drunk. So it'd be that, better if
7: everybody was doing rails.
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly. Then it'd be
4: an hour
7: show, that'd be, that'd be good.
4: Yeah. I'd,
1: oh,
0: I'd the already, look on Sarami's face was so
1: good.
4: I'd, I'd already
6: researched <laughs> it in the car. a bump. <laughs> so, That's so, what I was doing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> w- welcome to the show, Evan Altman, the Rant Cubs Insider. Um I, I'm going to start you out with a, a a real quick trivia question. Um What? 2021 Cubs pitcher who pitched uh, – it's a big hint – two innings pitched in three games has the highest ERA on the team of 31.50.
2: Good Lord.
1: Only three games, managed only two innings, got six outs in a Major League Baseball
7: game. There were only like 54 pitchers they used, right, out of of 69. I I honestly have no idea.
6: Wait, wait, wait. Is it a pitcher or is it a position It's it's a pitcher.
1: It is an actual pitcher, yeah. Uh, anybody have a guess?
0: Who only threw two innings?
1: That's what's throwing me off because I was like, "Well, no, he tried to throw more, but it
7: didn't work." That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. all that he got well, credited. He probably oh, faced.
0: Oh wait, so this person only six got six outs over yeah. the course of the entire season. Correct. But they were yeah. not necessarily at the same time.
1: Right. All three Stewart. games. Yeah. <laughs> three exactly. total games, six total outs. Yeah. The absolute
0: worst pitcher that the Cubs had.
1: Yep. Got lit up well, every every time. All right, Shelby Miller. Ah, and that's that's a hard one. That's, that's not fair
7: one. because he didn't really pitch for them this year. That is absolutely Mandela syndrome. Yeah, there is, <laughs> there is no way or Mandela effect. There is absolutely <laughs> not <It's> because. <laughs> Jordan Bastion tweeted that I was like, Dude, bullshit. Shelby Miller did not. <laughs> okay, the there's been year. so
6: many, there's been so many of those good, like, can you believe this is only this year type of thing?
7: Like the Eric Sogard, Eric Sogard. One was Eric a Sogard, great one. That was not this year. That, that like really did mess
6: me up. But um Theo Epstein's last day should have been today. That's a weird one. Yeah. Like, his contract went oh, through yeah, today. Yeah. Theo Epstein, yeah. it feels like that was a decade ago that he was in charge of the Cubs. So, and Theo
0: it, got out with his record intact, and he knew exactly what he was no, doing. Well, he said, he knew he said exactly what he was he doing. Said,
7: he said specifically he got out because there were going to be hard decisions that had to be made. He didn't want to make them. Here you go, Jed. <laughs> have fun. But that was yeah. in his letter. He knew this was going to happen, that they were going to have to trade these guys. I think
6: he, he got did out. that to... I think that was a cra- that, that was a a, a, um, a gift to Jed Hoyer because I think he, I think Jed Hoyer needed to own all of this.
3: <laughs> no, please, no. I'm, I hope Theo never gives hey me that's Jed, a gift.
0: Jed, please non tender. Kyle. Merry Schormer Christmas, Jed. H- Jeff... Happy Hanukkah. Here's a <laughs> budget. Imagine the right opposite. before he turns into David Ortiz 2.0. Happy, okay. happy Hanukkah, Jed. So I'm sad. not eight the
7: days of bullshit. <laughs>
6: <laughs> I uh, I'm not like I I don't know if Jed Hoyer you know the thing that bothers me the most about him is he became the Cubs president before anyone had a chance to even decide if that was the right call like he's probably really great but we were like well he steals number two he was the GM he's the president that makes sense his turn and it was like Do
0: we have a GM
1: no yeah. no. No, no Jed, you Jed, you Jed Hoyer you don't so, have a GM so,
6: yeah so that bothers me but if I was Jed Hoyer and I was going to be president, and I've been living in Theo Epstein's shadow for 15 years, and he traded all of the star players away, and then I took over at the end of the year, you know, then you're going to be like, the first question is like, do you wish Theo did that? And then you're going to be in this constant, continuously uh, expanding battle with the ghost of the guy that's been overshadowing your entire career. And those decisions needed to be Jed's, so that when anything that does go right going forward, he gets the credit for them. And he's going to um, get
3: it all if it goes wrong. I know. He's but, but get it, all the blame. I know that I get what
6: you guys are saying, but I'm telling you, if you are that guy, you want to own all of it, because if it does go right, you want the credit. And because if, if it didn't, he wouldn't have gotten well, it. And it and, been, well,
3: and Here, here's seen... my yeah,
7: go, go, ahead. It. go ahead. Go
0: ahead. Well, I was going to say, ahead.
7: one of the things that I have brought up many times that it was a huge failing of Theo Epstein's was that he... Maintain too tight a grip on the emotional ties that he had to those players, and I think he, I think Jed, for better or worse, uh, is a better hatchet man. I think sure. Jed was able to know that that here's the deal: I'm going into this, I'm going to make this my own team. I will make these decisions because he steeled himself to do that. And, and I think that just Theo knew he couldn't make those decisions very well, especially knowing that he wasn't going to be there. That was the other part of it. If that's not going to be your team anymore going forward, I'm going to give it to you. You do it. I think you can do this better than me. And have it.
6: that's what, I mean, I, I guess I, maybe I'm not articulating well. Like I also think that part, like it's not going to be Theo's team. You can't trade the entire core and then peace out like that. Just seems irresponsible. and not
7: resign them, and then peace. Out. Like <laughs> you yeah. oh, know, hey, we still suck with all the old right.
2: Old.
4: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Evan, my question for you, Evan. Um, I know that you talk, you 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 talk to a lot of minor league players, and 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 you you've gotten to visit them, and you've done it at Cubs convention for South uh for Myrtle Beach. I'm sorry. Who is somebody that you think is not on people's radar that you're like, hey, this guy can come quicker than you think. Maybe 2022, maybe 2023.
3: So dirty.
7: That's what she said. Um, I don't. There's a lot of guys that can come quicker than you think. Um, but I, I do want to. The, the gentleman who just commented about me being a genius. I just want to thank you. Um, you're absolutely correct. That was Robert um,
1: Sanchez. Evan is yeah. a
2: genius.
7: Yeah. It, yeah, he's absolutely. He's the genius um, for sussing that out. Um, you know, I. Ah, gosh, it's tough to say because I, I think there's a few guys out there. Um, I mean, we know about uh, a lot of these. I, I think uh, Owen Casey is one who I think is is moving really – I mean, you've got a bunch of these guys who are contact-type hitters. I, I know, like, Max Bain is another one who, again, was only at high A. I think he could move really, really quickly if he figures out a couple of those other pitches. Again, his his slider and his changeup. Just added in there. So it took him about a year to work on that stuff until he was even ready to throw that slider in the game. Then he really worked on the changeup. I think he could move very, very quickly with that kind of velo, uh, move up through the system because, again, you're talking about a guy who's been around for a little while. So um, outside of that, man, it's so tough because this was such a weird year. I'm going to want to see another couple of months of like an actual season where you had – we just saw this full season, right? So coming off of who was able to develop in 2020 – you know, some of those guys didn't have any sort of actual organized competition. And then, you know, how, how did that work out? So I don't want to cop out of it, but it's just really hard to see because um, a lot of those guys move so fast. Like I would have said um, that uh, that Scott Kobos was a guy, but he obviously did move very, very quickly through the system. He ended up at AAA after starting out at, at low A Myrtle Beach, you know, as an undrafted guy. But I, I think you're going to see uh, a bunch of those players, pitchers in particular, specifically bullpen guys who are going to be competing for spots because there are so many dudes who are in that bullpen who you're like, why do we keep seeing Rex Brothers every day? Well, that's going to be done, and there's going to be a lot of those instead of going after those, hey, uh, let's wh- what veteran can we get for less than a million bucks? They're not going after those guys. It's just going to be, hey, bring up the AAA dudes and let's go.
1: Yeah, and give, give them shot. the experience. Like maybe we have a couple Pedro yeah. Stropes on our hands and something. Ben like Leeper,
7: is- Ethan Roberts, Kobos, guys like that. I think, Manrod, I think we're going to see up. Man will be up again. You know, I mean, it's cause, why the hell not? Because yeah. A, they're cheaper. And B, you got to figure out what you got because, hey, if you can pay almost nothing, and I hate that. You know, I don't want to. Like, say that ownership should do that. But what I'm saying is, if you could build your bullpen really, really cheap, you can actually go out and maybe spend a little bit of money on the starting rotation and then have those bullpen guys continue on for four, five, six years together. And really build something like what KC did, you know, when they, uh, when they had their World Series run.
1: Evan, I'm going to drop a link in the chat of, uh, a, a, of a story. Uh, one of the first ones that all the bloggers are going to write. Sarah's going to write one. Michael's going to write one. I, and all of our other friends that write with us, they're all going to write one about, uh, realistic free agent targets that you see that the Cubs picking up, uh, you know, and some of the guys that I'm looking at your article here right now that you mentioned, you know, uh, you have, uh, well, you have a lot. Of, you mentioned a lot of people, um, but it, t- tell me, uh, you know, Nick Castellanos, Noah Syndergaard, Michael Conforto, Alex Cobb, Kendall Graveman, John Gray. There's a you know a, a mix of pitchers and hitters. Even Jorge Soler makes the the list. Kyle Seager. Uh, so, who, where do you see the Cubs starting to to add? Is, is it going to be in the starting pitching range, or is it going to be in a position, and is it going to be a guy that they're going to that they're going to See what happens with this dude. Is this a short-term contract that you're looking to flip and maybe turn into some younger guys because you're not really on the verge of competing, or is it somebody that you give a longer-term contract to that you're just like, no, you're going to be here for this as we, you know, start to rebuild this team, retool the team as they like to call it instead of rebound. I don't know what the fucking difference is, but you know, uh, who do you, how do you see them going? At where do they start? Mm-hmm. Pitching, hitting.
7: Um, I mean, if they're gonna spend any kind of significant money, I think it's got to be in the rotation. I mean, we saw this year uh, clearly—you know—kind of trying to go on the cheap and getting a bunch of soft tossing uh, guys didn't work out real well. However, the difficult part here is you're transitioning between—you know, this isn't quite the I wanted them to bring in a John Lester type, the guy who's sort of the harbinger of, of better things to come. But it's really difficult to sell anybody on that right now. And the guys who are out there like that, say a Max Scherzer, right? he doesn't have that much time left that he's signing a seven-year deal and wanting to come to a team that he might have to wait two years. He doesn't have that kind of time, you know, Justin Verlander, somebody like that. So I do think they're going to, if they go for somebody a little bit bigger, it's going to have to be, they can they can absorb high average annual value, uh, but it's going to have to be for a short period of time is what I think they're looking at. Maybe some three-, four-year deals if you can get a guy like a Soler. Um, you know, again, Syndergaard might and I stress that because, I mean, we we don't know what the qualifying offers are going to look like, whether those will even exist, what they'll be tied to. I think they're going to prioritize guys who, who had down years. Conforto is another one who are maybe looking for that pillow deal, who are willing to sign for a year somewhere where I know, Hey, this team's kind of shitty, but that means I'm guaranteed a spot. And I'm going to, if I'm a pitcher, I'm going to take the bump every five days. I can build my value. If I do really well and the team sucks, I get traded to a contender. If I do really well, at all and I don't get moved, I still build my value for one more big contract after this. And so it's it's like the Jock Peterson. I think we're gonna see the Cubs kind of target that sort of stuff to where, hey, this guy's a he's a, he's a known commodity, right? People will be like, and that's why I even said it's a different piece, but I was like, hey man, go go figure out if the Padres are still looking to offload Eric Hosmer or Will Myers. Like take on some bad contracts in exchange for some prospects Hope those guys bounce back to do something. Maybe you flip them. Maybe not, but they're not such long-term anchors that you're committed for six and seven years down the road. Um, And if the DH comes to the National League, guess what? You open up another spot. You're not blocking Brennan Davis anywhere. uh, You can still make moves. So I I don't imagine, A, that they want to pay for a premier free agent, and I don't know, B, whether any of those premier free agents are going to want to come to Chicago right now just knowing the situation is, is kind of up in the air a little bit.
4: Michael, sure. I know you gotta get going. Um, you are doing uh your people can follow your work at uh, Bleacher Nation, right? Still? Yep. And <laughs> lost uh, you to? and uh, uh, what yeah. about what yeah. about the TikTok channel? I mean you are known as the TikTok king around here. I mean uh, yeah.
6: Um I my same as my Twitter handle at Michael underscore Cerami. I uh just like to have fun, like to do silly stuff. I'm running around my house putting on costumes and stuff, so Check out TikTok. Tock.
1: And, and uh, who, who's your guy? Who, what, what do you think that they're you, – who's your guy to that they're going to sign?
6: Yeah, so I totally uh, – I agree with pretty much everything Evan said. I think um, if Cubs fans want to dream big, the biggest uh, realistic dream might be Strowman. Like that might be like if you want to get real lucky and <laughs> rub the rabbit foot all night, he just is like a guy that they can target and – uh that might be the only big thing. Otherwise, I think it's going to be all uh, value deals. But I think they're going to spend a ton of money in that capacity. So, like, like Evan said, like a lot of Jock Peterson type one or two year deals. But they, those can those can add up in money. Like again, if Syndergaard doesn't get the qualifying offer and he's available for just money, give him twenty million for one year. Who cares? I see what happens. You know. Uh, so I think there's those things are possible, but in terms of a big deal, there's not going to be any long-term money um, unless it's a guy like Stroman, a starting pitcher who's still young enough and good enough and uh, enough of a workhorse to be worth value, even if he's not his you know 10% best self. Um, that's the way he could kind of play the John Lester role, which is just helping the Cubs be a little bit better next year so that the following year they actually have some ability to attract big free agent targets.
1: Sarah, same question. Who, who do you like? And then I'm going to cut all three of you guys loose and we'll bring on our next guest. Cause we're, we're actually almost running on time. Almost.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Stroman's also the guy that I think is most likely the person the Cubs would offer a multi-year deal to. I agree with almost everything that Evan said. There's, there's the last part of it, which I swear to God, if Jed does this, I might, I might have to break things like, if if they trade the prospects they just acquired to get an aging contract like Eric Hosmer or Will Myers, I am going to lose it and bring. No, they, up. Would, like, that would, not, they would
7: get, They would get prospects from the Padres in order to take on those them. bad deals.
0: Okay, that's better. But yeah, they would I just, trade
7: nothing. I, I do in that not pro- want because I,
0: I don't remember who I was listening to recently. I was listening to someone that basically had the Cubs flipping prospects that they had just received. In order to get some, like, I, I, I honest to God cannot remember who it was. Like it was giving some,
1: like, up Pete Crow Armstrong that you just got. For, sure. For it wasn't somebody. for Hosmer
0: or Myers. That It makes sense that those would be deals where you take on some money and you get, you know, get some guys. But I, I don't remember who it was for. But I, I, I remember being like, no, 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 no. You're not giving up Canario or any of these. Like, you're not giving up this guy. You know, you're not giving up any of these guys. You just rebuilt your farm take in prospects, take in money, do whatever you need to do, but do not like I don't see them trading any of the prospects that they just got.
1: Cool. Well, and uh, let one one trivia question for all three of you. Let's see who can get it right. How many home runs did Cubs pitchers hit in 2021? Anybody have a Two. Two. Sarah and Evan both have it right. No. Oh, home come runs. on. Not a single home run was hit by John
7: Lester him. hit more home runs
0: I, than I, Cubs I was going to say I miss John Lester. Where's yeah. Where's you know, that? guys,
1: um, it
4: really sucked not having social media night. I uh, miss you guys a lot. It was awesome seeing you guys on here. And uh, really looking forward to seeing you guys, hopefully, at the ballpark in 2022.
1: Yeah, absolutely, guys. Thanks for coming on. And uh, we're, we're going to keep it moving. We got Andy for a, a
3: Decipio Actually, coming on. I hope to see on. them all at the Cubs caroling.
1: Yeah, Cubs caroling. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll talk all about that. December 11th, save the date. We're all going singing a bunch of Cubs parodies. But great job, all three of you guys this year. Thank you for being, uh, you know, informing all the Cubs fans and keeping Twitter fun and having great senses of humor. And, you know, just, you know, I love you guys. And, you know, thanks for being a part of uh, the fabric that is Cubs fandom. (laughs) Really appreciate you guys all coming on. And uh, um, have a great night. So long. See you guys. So long. All right. I'm having trouble getting rid of you. All right. There you go. Bye. <laughs> that
4: happens. But the next guest we got, I'm excited about. When, when when I first approached him about potentially coming on the round table, he's been at this way longer than mo- pretty much almost anybody on Cubs social media. He's the guy that really kind of encouraged me to kind of start putting my own thoughts in. And if you ever watch this show and you see the TFCs, like half my TFCs are just taking this guy's material and, putting it out there. Uh, Some funny uh, tweets that he had from the year that just made me laugh. Uh, Taking a look at this one right here uh, from Marquis. My eyes are on a World Series. I want to win a championship. Justin Steele on a Cubs rotation spot in 2022. Scipio said, so he requested a trade? Um, (laughs) As far as the rebuild is concerned, when Jed says this won't be a rebuild like the last one, he doesn't mean it won't take as long. He means it won't work. (laughs) And finally, uh, Tony Vasil wrote, I don't even think Swindell is a real guy. Decipio says he's Brian LeHare with a weird rubber
1: <laughs> face. I got one too uh, that I could put up too. Is that Marquis? This is just from today. Marquis Sports Network, uh, said they put out a hype video that's three minutes and 21 seconds long. It said 2021 was unlike any other. And uh, DeCipio.com says, why would you make a hype video for one of the worst seasons in the history of a franchise with a lot of terrible seasons? Totally agree with all those points.
3: So uh, I guess without further ado. The, the interesting thing about that hype video was that it wasn't edited. That was all they had. They gave it every three minutes, 21 seconds, was all of it. So uh, <laughs> come on on. Uh, come on the show. Welcome to
1: our show. Andy, DeCipio.com. How are you?
8: Good. Can oh, you hear Andy, me uh,
4: yeah Andy yeah. I got to ask when did you start on social media when when when, when you were first starting to get on there
8: I started the Scipio in 1997 yes that's before the internet even started. Yes. I, I mean I could have invented social media just <laughs> just to have it <laughs> but hey thanks for having me on your telethon what what are we raising money for tonight uh nothing the really. rickets. Uh, no, 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 no I no, thought no, me
3: we're raising money for the Sunranto show. If you want to be a Patreon supporter, Yes, you, you can join us, us at
1: pa- patreon.com. Yeah, we're raising money for ourselves there. I'm going to put up a link. <laughs> patreon.com slash Sunranto. <laughs> Give us a dollar a month. Um, so uh, that was obviously a disappointing season. Now, do you find it in, in a way, because you approach things with a hell of a lot of humor, the Cubs, when they suck, they're a very funny team to follow. I think there's a lot of funny Cub fans out there. You're amongst them. Uh, now, do you find this like an old shoe Losing, uh, losing again, kind of like the old sucky Cubs of, of the past, or or have you gotten used to a bit of success and now you're just pissed off and disappointed?
8: I I got to just use all my old material again. Recycle just, <laughs> just change the names. You blew
3: do. the dust
8: off the old right. books. Could take take Lenny Harris out of the joke and uh, put Eric Sogard in. That was all. I Jim
4: tried. Riggleman. <laughs> yeah.
8: No, it's um, it sucks when they lose, and you guys know you guys try to try to create content around them. And uh, it's a lot easier and a lot more fun when they're not. uh, Maybe it's better if they, if they decide to be bad, that they just be terrible. But after they traded everybody off, I mean, we were all screaming into the void. I mean, how many people were still paying attention? Not very many. So yeah. Yeah. Winning is winning is, is much better for, for business and for being a cub fan.
3: Well, and, and winning, like a real team, because towards the end there, we had some winning happening with fake players, and that was actually just frustrating because of all the 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 Twitterverse getting so excited about getting it.
1: excited about your Frank Schwindels of the world. And let me ask you: Are any of these uh, you know fake players that Michael just mentioned uh, are any of them real in your estimation? Do you see any <laughs> kind of d- dude with like some staying power that the Cubs are like, yeah, we're building we're building around Schwisdom? You know, that's our new
8: – do you uh, the, see that? I mean, the biggest problem is they're all so old. You know yeah. I mean? Yeah. It's not like they caught lightning in a bottle. But, you know, Ortega's 30, Wisdom turned 30. Schwinnell is he looks like he's in his 50s. <laughs> he looks I mean, like
3: he's from the 50s.
8: Yeah, yeah with that awful haircut. He, <laughs> like he wasn't even a real guy. He was like the creative player that you, you – know, you, they, you pumped everything up into the '90s just to cheat, knowing that it wasn't it wasn't going to last. I don't know. I mean, you, know, you could make a case that Ortega might be a good extra outfielder. You can hide him from lefties, but you don't want him playing every day. Um, you know, I don't know about. Wisdom seems to be the most talented of the bunch, but you know that he just strikes out so much. And then there's Frank, who undeniably hit. He plays first base like he's holding a frying pan instead of a glove and who knows how long it'll they can't go into next season. I mean, they can't, because they're the Cubs. They shouldn't go into next season counting on any of those guys to be regular players. And I have a feeling that they're going to go in with at least two out of the three penciled in as, well, we'll see what we got. It's like, no, you saw what you got. And it's probably not good enough. I
4: got to ask you, uh, one of the things that made me get the athletic is the fact that they actually gave you an art, you know, a column for a while how much fun was that? And were you shocked that got to go on as long as it did?
8: Yeah, I, every time I turned it in, I would send it to John Greenberg, and expect it. Um, he'd be like, oh, "We're not, we're not doing this anymore." Um, so I did three full C se- three and a half seasons. Well, three seasons, in an off season, and I, I told the story. I, I got let go because I got a raise. So <laughs> I had never asked for a raise, and one day I asked John for one. He said, like, "We've never given you a raise." He said, like, "That's ridiculous. We're going to do that." And so he, he, when he put through the paperwork, they're like. Oh, this guy's been out of contract for like a year. I was like Milton from office base. They were just they were still paying me.
9: Oh and they're, no. like,
8: and they're like, Oh no, we've got to cut budget. So all the they let all the freelancers go at the same time, including I like give Bruce Miles a hard time. I think I got Bruce fired too. <laughs> <laughs> and our our are all gone. I was like I shouldn't have just never said anything. You know, yeah, I what? I think I'm like employee number five at the Athletic. It was wow. Greenberg, then Sahadev, Scott Powers, maybe it was then me. Because when they launched, I sent John an email to said, do you want me to write anything for it? And he said yes, and he just gave me an account. That's how hard it was at the time. A little was, harder now.
4: Now, obviously, I know you've had your targets in the past, especially Tom and Crane Kenny. Were you surprised? That, did they ever tell you at the Athletic, uh, this is kind of off-limits or don't write about this?
8: No, I never, I never got in trouble for uh, any of that stuff. I got in trouble... Um, Remember when uh, Yachty um, got hit in the balls and had, like, I don't know, I forget what it was. He had some kind of you had, surgery. Surgery. He had testicle surgery. Yeah. And I tweeted about how, um, but that happened to Josias Manzanillo with the Mariners, I don't know, like 15 years ago. And so I was young then, and I thought it was funny. Now that it's happening, I think it's hilarious. <laughs> and some Cardo fans complained to the, like, the, the big editor, the one f- far above John, who then was like, uh, tell that got to knock it off. But they never, in fact, what God would do with my column, sometimes he would add jokes. He would think of something funny. And as he was editing, I would, I would read it the next morning and realize he had thrown a couple of his own things in. I, they, they were great. They, 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 ra- they barely ever censored me. Mostly he complained that I still type um, two spaces after a sentence. Yeah. And he would have to go <laughs> yeah. in and clean those up.
3: Fuck. Come on, that's man. old school. That's old school. Uh, it, it's funny that you brought up the whole uh, testicle rupturing thing because it, there's been a, a tweet that's been making the rounds that uh, in the Mariners' history they've a- had more players with ruptured testicles than they've made the playoffs.
1: Hey, a quick message from our sponsor, the Spotify Green Room app. What are you doing at 8 p.m. on Thursday? Well, here's what you should be doing. You should be listening and participating with the Sunranto Show's weekly room on Thursdays at 8 p.m. on the Spotify Green Room app. It's free to download and use. You can talk to me and other fans and athletes and insiders in real time. It's free. It's an audio only social media platform for sports fans. You can start or join ongoing conversations, watch games together, react to big news, rumors, and, well, the games themselves. Talk to other sports fans, insiders, and athletes, and executives just like me, <laughs> and uh, join in on conversations with me and have a chance to be featured on our podcast. Yes, that's right. We will be releasing our Spotify show on the podcast. You can participate in any discussion we are having on there. We're going Thursdays at 8 p.m., and it's a place where the Sun Ranto Show can talk about some extracurriculars around baseball, around the Cubs, around Chicago, around how we're feeling, and you can join in the conversation. It's awesome, and it's free on the iOS App Store. So download the Spotify Green Room app for free, create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the baseball group. Follow Sun Ranto Show, and then you'll be notified when the room goes live. But I'll tell you, it'll be Thursdays at 8. So join us, Spotify Green Room app. We thank them for sponsoring the Sun Ranto Show. Back to the show.
8: <laughs> so
3: five versus four.
8: And I would say that if you know, they, gave, so they, gave, um, they gave Kyle Seeger the farewell tonight because they're, they said they're not going to sign him. A part of that ceremony would have been, Kyle, if, if you had just offered to rupture your testicles, we could have gone back to the playoffs. But thanks for nothing.
4: <laughs> I got to ask you, as far as all those moves, the Bryant and Rizzo and bias did that shock you? I mean, I know sometimes, you, you know, you kind of take a look at things from a pessimistic lens as opposed to some hey, of the what? other people we talked to. I, I Just telling you, were you shocked that they got rid of all three?
8: Uh, once Rizzo was the first one to go, then I wasn't surprised at all. I I thought they I thought if they kept one, they would keep him um, a because he's kind of uh, he's basically the mascot they have that, that wore pants. <laughs> um, and he and he still was theoretically the easiest to resign when he went first. I said, well, they're dead serious about this. He's he's going to clean them all out. It it didn't make the, the reason it didn't make that much sense to me is they left themselves without anything to build around. You would have, yeah. you know, Maybe Javi was the one they could have like kept and tried to convince. Once they sent him to go play with his best friend, he's gone forever.
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah that's what I was thinking earlier. He might sign a little bit less with the Mets than anybody else yeah. just to stay with Lindor.
1: Well, and, you, and kind of going with it because if they've stripped it down this far, you get rid of like these core guys that you you know win the World Series with. Now the question is, the Contreras is another one of those dudes. You got Hendricks. Now, are they going to pull it down even further, or you know, what, are they just going to start to build? Or I know we don't know, but what what's your gut so I mean, me what after.
8: kind of scared me was um, the that shot that. Um, Taylor McGregor had of him in the dugout after his like right after her cousin Connor gave everybody COVID. <laughs> um, that shot of Wilson standing on the dugout after the last out of the last home game, almost looking like he was gonna cry. Yeah, and it's like I Wilson thinks he's gone, and he knows how he's. He's nope. done this every year. Remember, he's, he's constantly,
1: this is what he does. He, like, takes pictures of looking look at the field with his back turned and, like,
3: looking off I, into the distance. Like, he's, he taking he's, the death photo for three years now. But he's the only one that gets it. He's like, my, my days could be numbered.
8: What, what worried me about it was, remember, before the trades, when he criticized the effort for the rest of the team, basically said, Javi and I right now are the only guys that are playing hard. And Ross immediately went out and basically ripped him for saying it. And I thought, all right, if this is the if this is one of the guys you're going to keep to lead the team, that's a hell of a way to treat him, mm-hmm. especially when most fans agree with it. Because <laughs> if
1: Yadi oh, was yeah. going to, if Yadi on the Cardinals would say that, they you know, he's yeah. another coach like Yadi can do no wrong. But Wilson has not. I guess he hasn't gotten himself to have that kind of
8: cred. He's one of the younger well, maybe maybe what Wilson should have done was had it tattooed on his neck. <laughs> that's what Yachty would have done. That's why people respect Yachty. He'll now, he
1: will get it tattooed right on his neck in script, In script, right through right
8: through the freaking. Uh... In Spanish and English.
4: <laughs> now I was I the one thing is I didn't have a way to contact you earlier. I we had tickets to go see the uh, Ricketts uh wrigley saving saving private wrigley or whatever it was you'd have lost
8: your season tickets if if, i was your plus one i was
4: i was i because danny came with danny and i went and he would like under his breath he was just and hissing and just kind of doing this stuff and there was just certain eye-rolling moments where you're just like oh god this is just like they had this like lawyer who was supposed to like Supposed to be, like, talking it up, and he looked like an evil villain. All he was missing was the curly mustache.
8: Yeah, Mark, Mark Gaddis, the guy that yeah, they pay so, just to say nice things about Crane. That's pretty He didn't much have it. the flashlight under his head.
3: So,
8: he so here's, his here's what they've gone from. They went from putting up the first four, you know, the, their equivalent of banners, the flags, to commemorate actual success on the field now, to uh, a plaque to brag about their uh, ability to now not pay uh, taxes. And a plaque to congratulate themselves for renovating the ballpark. That that's what yeah. we're gonna get put up now for the next ten years is self-aggrandizement instead of actual achievement. Yeah, I, I often
1: wonder that it's like cause when the Rickets came, you know, they, they they haven't shown their face at well there hasn't been Cubs convention, but when they first came they 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 outlined their plan very uh succinctly. We're gonna be a good neighbor. We're going to build a World Series team. We're going to win the World Series. We're going to renovate Wrigley uh, for generations to come. And uh, now they've achieved all these things. And so do you think at this point that now they're just going to coast and now the other part of it, is when uh, you know Tom's like, "Hey, Dad, buy me this team because uh, th- these idiots show up and drink twelve dollars beers and make cup snakes. No matter if the team's good or bad, it's just a fun place. It's a giant beer garden. They pee in the troughs. It's great. They go home. We'll make billions. Now, do you think that they cynically will actually, you know, have that be
8: their business model? And are we the marks? Are we the suckers? I, I think the simple answer is yes. But what I hope is that they've they've spent so much money to renovate the park, to buy up stuff around the park, all of that to get money back requires people to actually come to the games to spend, we need to spend our money there. And one of the things about, yes, you, it's amazing to me. They're, they're the, they're the owners who won the first world series in 108 years. And within pff, not even five years, within like three years, they had basically blown all the goodwill. Everybody was already back to, you know, thinking they were shitheels, which they are. Um,
3: well, but, no, for the first time thinking they were shitheels, like, you figured if they made it all the way from uh, 0-9, '10 season or whatever to 2016, everybody still liked them. You thought, well, this
8: will never go away. Yeah. And then they, <laughs> threw a through a series of uh, incredible blunders and just you know being assholes, they managed to they they threw it all away. One of the things, so for them, you know, winning the World Series was this holy grail they could cash in, and I'm sure they did. The problem with that was. During a lot of bad years, I'm, I think, I'm going to assume all four of us were like this. There were times when you're like, why do I waste my time on this team? <laughs> and then your thought was, because if I get out now, I'm going to f- miss it when they finally win. Well, we saw it. So they run the risk of, we're morons, we're going to stick around, but they run the risk of a, of a significant number of their fans basically just losing interest and being like, "Ah, oh, that used to be fun. They used to win, now they don't. And they they need that money. They have that. They have that half ass TV network of theirs. They have to sell advertising on it. And it's, it's really they, frightening. They, they what have a advertising. Done. Prevagen. Prevagen, yes. It's all Prevagen, baby. Prevagen and NERCs. So if you have a brain problem or herpes, <laughs> think about it. Advertisers <laughs> try to figure out, they, you know, somebody has written up all the personas of the people who are likely to watch Cub games, and we've got people with low-grade dementia, the kind you don't need an actual prescription for yet, and people with social disease. Those seem to be the two that they, that they can advertise.
3: Maybe, maybe it's just brain herpes.
8: Yeah, <laughs> good <laughs> just... you Maybe if you, you know, take a Prevagen and chase it with a Nerf, maybe I'll.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I got to ask you tell us a little bit about your newsletter and your podcast. Let's, let's give it a plug here. All
8: right, so the newsletter, if, you, uh, if, you, if you've read me on the Athletic, basically it's the same thing except it's a little more often because they can find me just Mondays on the Athletic. Uh, it's a, it's a, I'm one of the people who ran off to Substack. Um, you know, I share a, I share an office with Barry Weiss. So, no, I don't, thankfully. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a Substack. You can go to pointlessexercise.com and you can you can uh, sign up for it. Um, and then the podcast, we really have four podcasts. Uh, I have a Cub podcast with Sam Fells from uh, Deadspin and uh, Kyle Reichert. There's a Bear podcast with uh, Mike Pusateri. Mike and I also do uh, occasional movie deep dives. We take... We take some of our favorite movies and we obsessively talk about them and play clips from them. And then um, we have the podcast called Remember This Crap with uh, Mike Donahue, where we, when we do the Cub ones, we literally have every year from 1980 till 2011 on a wheel and we spin it. And whatever it lands on, that's the year we talk about. Because we say it's not it's not research this crap, it's remember this crap. So it's <laughs> it's just us trying to remember stuff off the top of our heads, and it, it tends to be pretty funny. And we also do those for uh for the bears, we gear it around their opponent that week and remember um so like next week it'll be uh great moments in bears raiders history. So all that's on the um is on the podcast, and you can find the podcast most easily at the original home, uh, which is discipio.com, D E S I P I O.
1: Yeah, I just I just dropped that link in the chat if you guys are or you can just click on it D E S I P I O dot com.
3: I have to say I think Discipio dot was my first uh actual foray into social media back in the day in, in two thousand we oh, you on
8: the, either the message board or the shout box?
3: I was on the message board. Yeah. Uh and I would be listening to the game working for the federal government and uh you know, just you've sitting already, on there. You've already said too much. <laughs> yeah, just sitting on there. Just, just, It was the first time that I had ever found, like, a group of people who looked at the game and the Cubs the way that I looked at it. Was It was interesting. So, uh, you know, for me, obviously, you know, there's there's Twitter and Facebook and all the shit. Now everything is everywhere. But Decipio was really kind of on the front of that with that message board. We used yeah, Cubs fans.
8: There was the message board. Then there was also we used to do live game threads. So every game.
3: Okay, play, that's
8: that's what I was doing. It basically just set up a thread and you could go make comments and it basically you could you could change your username whenever you wanted. And um so it basically it was it was like Twitter before Twitter. It's basically yeah. what it was. And they and, were a and, lot of fun.
3: And that's that's what I was doing because yeah. when the game was on, I was listening and then I was on there, there and, I who, how, and I wasn't working. That's
8: how, and I feel bad for them. That's how they would have to follow along with the game. Like if for whatever reason they couldn't hear it or they couldn't see it, they'd jump into the thread and God knows what things we were talking about. <laughs> like they, could, they could kind of divine from what we were making fun of at the time as to what was going on in the game.
3: Yeah, it was, it, yeah, I agree. It was, it was a mess many days.
8: Yeah. We put the mess in message board.
4: <laughs> but I will tell you, it was a lot of fun. And when you agreed to come on, I literally was fanboy, and I was so excited to, to have you finally on, and and kind of hopefully introduce you to a, a new crowd of people that just want to just laugh and have fun. Because sometimes, you know, Andy, that's all you can do. Is sometimes when when you've been around as long as we have, and like you said, you started in '97, which
8: that's a great you year know, to start.
4: Great year to start, yeah. but it's 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 sometimes all you can do is just laugh and, and have fun with it. We still love the Cubs, but it doesn't mean we can't take the piss out of them every now and then.
8: I mean, you've got you got some sites that are always going to try to find the most optimistic thing that they can, and that it serves a purpose. I I've seen all this shit too much to, to do that. <laughs> I <laughs> I, know it, I know the reality of it.
3: So. Well, and and to that point. I love this from Ray Vicario. No, all raise four dick. of you. Ray's, been, Ray's a troll. has been <laughs> dicking with us all year.
1: I'm going to read it. He goes, all, yeah. f- all four of you, now when the Cubs have a top five farm and are about to sign a few top tier agents to supply the new corns projected for another playoff front, please don't hop back on the bandwagon. I'm like, bitch, I made the bandwagon. Like, we, the bandwagon were, was made I I don't know what the fuck he's like a, talking about with Ray, the bandwagon. This Ray, is the bandwagon now. Ray, Ray, go move to Iowa if you love fucking farm <laughs> systems hey. so much. Go Move to Iowa. Nobody Uh, cares. I live a a, I live a mile north of Wrigley Field. I don't live in Iowa, Ray. Okay? No, but and and that's the thing. It's like if if you're complaining, and this is what I like about what you do, Andy, if you're complaining about the Cubs, it doesn't mean that you're not a Cubs fan and that you don't want them to win. It's that you're looking at them in a way that you're saying, hey, you could do better. This is what you're fucking up now. The owners are taking us for granted. You're looking at things as a realistic person and having fun with it. I mean, you know, it's it's like you know the, you can't just be like all Pollyanna and like you know look at the bright side because sometimes you actually are getting fucked with you know we're having
3: and, we're having fun with the pain I mean that's yeah. what the show is that's what Decipio does that's you know that's how you you address the pain with as much humor as you can but that doesn't have anything to do with the amount of how much I mean we all follow this team fucking too much ask our families (laughs) so
8: you know well and and the the family that owns the cubs they 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 rely on fans taking the most optimistic basically letting them off the hook when they choose not to spend money or they choose not to really try to extend really good players or they're if if somebody if you give them an inch they'll take a mile and they'll take it as permission that well you know the fans don't the fans want to win but they want to win you know I love the fact that there are there are fans out there who will make apologies based on uh, their so-called understanding of the economics of baseball. And that's why oh the Democrats really can't do this. Dude. No, they can. They've chosen not to.
1: Yeah, uh, they have billions of dollars. They could do whatever the hell they right.
3: want. The, you know. They made $26 billion in one fucking move yeah. in 2019. And they're like, well, we had biblical losses <laughs> in 2020. Motherfucker, you don't know. A, you don't know the Bible. And, B, you don't know losses.
1: (laughs) Now you've given away my Halloween costume for Ronnie Woo Woo's
8: birthday. Um,
4: Will you be going, Andy, October 30th to Ronnie Woo Woo's birthday?
8: I went to one cup game this year, and I thought I was going to – it was only a seven-inning game. It was the first game of a a doubleheader, and I thought I can get in and out of here without Ronnie. Sixth inning, he wandered right in front of us. (laughs) So so, so we'll see you again at the birthday party then, right? He turns 80 years old. he gave me his. He gave me his invite. I. It was. I don't even want to know what it was written in. But he handed me something <laughs> soggy, and I. The, well, so I went to the. I went to the All Star game in Miller Park, and I turned around and he's there. <laughs> it's like you've got to be fucking kidding me! Like yeah. I know you didn't pay to get in here. How are you in here? It, it, he dressed up as one
1: of the sausages and just uh, came in through the back. Oh, sorry. One
8: of my, really one of my favorite things about biopic. that. Yeah. One of my favorite things about that All-Star game was during the, you know, the, they had the workout before the home run derby. And I went up uh, onto the concourse level and right in front of where Gorman Thomas's barbecue thing was, Kurt Schilling was eating a barbecue sandwich in full uniform, just standing right on the concourse. <laughs> it's an exhibition wow. game.
1: Yeah. <laughs> what do you, what like, are you going to do?
8: Hi, Kurt. Shouldn't you be, I don't know, working out? <laughs> Workout day.
1: Don't you have <laughs> politics to tweet about?
8: Right. do you, so, well, you have a video game company in a bankrupt uh, state for the
1: fraud? <laughs> well, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, you know, we'd love to have you on again, especially yeah, in the off season. Me. And it, it's just, it's a lot of fun to talk to you after, you know, we've, we have kind of a usual cast of characters that we've had come through here. I always like to mix it up and have new people come through and cause it's all a big network of, of cup fans. We all have di- different uh, you know, kind of ways that we approach our fandom and what we add to it, writing, blogging, cheering, d- tweeting, whatever it is. But, you know, you're a mainstay of just being a really entertaining follow. So, like, and, and you have been for years. I used to put your uh, tweets up, like, in, when I used to write on Bleed Cubby Blue, I used to put your tweets up. Um, sure, sure. Dude, I'm, I'm sure loved Al that. loved that. No, Al, no Al, Al cut every single one of them. He cut them all up. He's like, you can't put that guy. That guy's a jerk to me. I was like, dude, he's the funniest thing on Twitter. What are you talking about? You gotta keep this one. I think it, I think I snuck a few past the censor. But, uh, you know, here I've always enjoyed your stuff. And, uh, you know, I just appreciate you coming on and hope we have you back on one of these another time in the future. All right. Thanks a lot. Take All care, right. Andy. Have a good one. Yeah. Right. Thanks nice for coming on, Andy. man. All right. Uh, just moving right along. We're we're at, uh, in, we're well into the second hour of this. Let's bring on a man who's on, he's had 50 different <laughs> cups podcasts this year. All of them brilliant and better than this one It's Joe Kilgallen fresh <laughs> back from Cincinnati. Um, uh, you just had you had a couple shows. That it, every, those that don't know Joe, stand-up comedian, played this uh, weekend at a, a, a pizza joint that uh, the Chameleon Pizza, which I actually went to see friend of the show Billy Devore at this summer. So, how how was Cincinnati? How you feeling? Cincinnati was
10: fun. I liked the town. The shows were we made the best of them. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I've um, had a lot
1: of rock band shows like this, Joe. I know. Yeah, yeah, it's
10: one of those things where. I don't know. I'm not going to air someone's dirty laundry, but apparently the owner's going through a divorce because nobody was running that joint. I walked in and like, I'm I'm the headlining comedian. I'm on the poster. Okay. Like no one wanted to, it was just, it was weird. It was a weird time, but luckily I still had fun so with it. So Basically they're People like cool. the,
1: the McCourt family like in the Dodgers of that era
11: before. Yeah. Going through a divorce and just yeah.
10: letting everything go by the wayside, but they were still investing at least the McCourt family. Right. Uh, the new owner, the dude, Dodgers own, let's think about the Dodgers, they've been spending two, 300 million on every payroll forever. I feel like, um,
3: yeah, don't
4: give a fuck. They, yeah they whatever. I'm gonna fresh the
10: out the shower bad. for you guys too.
4: Well, you look good, buddy. You look good. I got to talk to you, Joe. We went to a game as you, me, Danny and, uh, Michael, bowling. Michael bowling. And we went to uh, a Mets game and we swept the Mets and we, we got good and liquored up over at Nisei lounge afterwards. And you were so positive. You were so optimistic. And then the season that we got was just such a kick in the nuts. And I know if, I, I, I was just kind of like watching you and seeing how like, you know, towards the end, you were kind of just like, fuck this shit. <laughs> it was really frustrating for you. And, and, and talk to us about how the season kind of like, in your eyes, just kind of unfolded this car crash.
10: Well, I heard your last guest and I get, I get the whole negative approach. I think I take Dom's side with things, Director Morale, everyone, because going into a season, there's nothing you could do at that point. You know, you have to try to kind of have some sunny optimism. Gun to my head, I didn't feel that great. I still thought things would have been a lot better. But baseball, as we all know, is such a mental game that I had a feeling when the wheels came off, they'd really come off. But at the time, we had just swept the Mets. We were in first place. It was late May, I believe. Things were looking pretty optimistic at that point. So I was pretty pumped up. And and then we had a combined no-hitter against the Dodgers, and everything went to shit. And what killed me was that they could have made a move earlier in June. You know, when Nico and Matt Duffy went down, it was obvious the offense was starting to really come unglued. Because that's the thing with lineups. I I will never admit, there are people who are like, oh, there's Sarah Sanchez, I love her. But she's like, there are not enough moves in free agency for the Cubs to win the division next year. Bullshit. Bullshit. In 06, they lost like 96 games. They had a Ted Lilly, Soriano, and Mark DeRosa and won the division next year. You know what I mean? Yeah, the Brewers have a great top of the rotation, but that offense doesn't scare the shit out of anybody. I don't think, like... Cubs have a,
1: a higher OPS than the current Brewers team who won the division do. Yeah,
10: I don't know. I'm, I'm still going to try to take the optimistic approach. But in the same regard, uh, like your last guest, I do think fans need to take a stand. I turned down so many free tickets post-Blue Friday. So many. I was just like, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to keep spending money. You know, and Danny, you talked about being a fan that's going to be like, no, I'm going to shit on them when they're being shitty. Good. Stop going to games, dude. I don't give a fuck if they're free. I want empty seats. I want empty seats. And until people start doing that, Crawley, I know you got your season tickets and it's different. But until people start doing that for real, uh, you know, it's all lip service at this point. What think like, I did get real guys? pissed off. I completely if- changed and I'm a broken <laughs> human being and my sons don't look at me the same way. And it's it's weird. I'm more pale than I used to be. <laughs> Yeah,
1: you don't have a lot of color to lose there, Joe. I mean, you you're, you're, you're turning translucent. I can almost see through you to the back wall right now.
10: I know. I well the lighting's too bright in here. I could dim it. But yeah, definitely.
1: I got a, I got a quick trivia question for you. Uh which which trio, this is an an A or B, which trio of 21 2021 20, 20, Cubs has the most homers? Is it A, Jock Peterson, Jason Hayward and Michael Hermosillo, or B, Rafael Ortega, David Bodie, and Trace Thompson. It's kind of a hard one because you get, but like, of those names, like, where would you go? P- Peterson, Hayward, and Hermosillo, or Ortega, Bodie, and Thompson? Who's got more? That's
10: tough. I know Peterson and Hayward probably combined for 20, and Hermosillo had what, four? It's 24. And then the other one was Bode, Ortega. And who was the third one?
1: Thompson. Trace Thompson. Thompson
10: had three, I think. I'm going to go with A.
1: It
3: is actually B. They had B. 23 combined. He set you up for it's 22 and 23. Yeah, it's one the tr- difference. Like. The
1: trick question of it, though, was that you're thinking that Hayward probably got some and that Peterson probably got some. And they're guys you heard of. And Trace Thompson just came yeah. up. You should have dumped, like, Him.
3: Bryant, Rizzo. Well, and- I gave
10: Hayward more credit is what I did.
1: Yeah, that's what I thought that people would do. I thought you actually – people would give uh, Peterson more credit
10: too. Um, so, I said uh, he 11. I think you did have 11, right, so, with the Cubs?
1: Uh, I think it was uh, – oh, I'm looking at right here. Um, nine? Nine. I thought it was just nine, yeah. Nine, okay. Uh, so, oh, Joe, you
4: you you talked a little bit about holding ownership's feet to the fire – what do you want to see? Like how how do I know that this is a, this has been a successful offseason in your opinion? Yeah, who do they get?
10: The Cubs payroll currently is a hundred well, the Cubs payroll at the start of twenty twenty one was a hundred and fifty million-ish, right? We know we only have thirty eight million committed to the three players being Hayward, Bodie, and Hendricks. And there's only two arbitration players in Contreras and Hap. So factor that in with some other raises. I think Michael Cerami even had an article like maybe a month ago mentioning Around eighty-ish million with all that, probably close uh, to seventy Cubs, million though.
3: Yeah, Cubs Talk podcast uh, put it at I think sixty, like 67, 68 million. That's you probably more ju- accurate, Michael. Michael, than you, you could have just did. said
10: sixty-nine, dude. Yeah,
3: <laughs> you're still so close. You can <laughs> right round there. Up. I know, but I was end of the know.
10: season for all of us, right?
3: Yeah, I would I didn't say want if to turn the whole podcast around,
10: I would, <laughs> I would say the Cubs' payroll should be around one hundred fifty-ish again. Because if you only have 67 or whatever the number, 69, nice, committed or going into free agency. And I know, let's assume the CBA gets worked out okay. Because I know a lot of fans are like, well, they're not going to do anything until the CBA. If other teams are doing shit before the CBA, wouldn't they kind of make you mad as Cubs fans?
1: Absolutely.
10: Danny, you mentioned the biblical losses thing. The Cubs won the division in 2020. I know the offense was atrocious and the season ended terribly against the Marlins in that two out of three series. we still won the division. We then cut over $60 million in payroll the following offseason. Whereas the Brewers, our neighbors to the north, they added payroll in Wong and Jackie Bradley Jr. So still, they added, we cut. What was the difference? But Joe,
3: I I want to... uh I want to tell you what our CPA friends always tell us is that they were over the uh, spending tax for like uh, uh two years. Two years they were over the spending tax. So please address the fact that they were over the spending tax, please.
10: Sure. But even, even yeah, I, I hear you. Thank you, Mr. Ricketts or uh, Ricketts attorney or accountant, I should say, which are probably the same job because he saves money. He's got his attorney and accountant, blah, blah, blah. It's kind, blah, it's kind blah, of like blah.
4: having your president of baseball ops and general manager. If you could just pay one guy to do it, why not?
10: Bingo, right? I, I think Bleacher fans are going to have to clean up their uh, messes after the game. So Bleacher Jeff's going to have to bring a glove <laughs> and a duster. Uh, <laughs> clean up those peanut shells. But yeah, I just look at it this way. I'm like, if the payroll isn't around 150 or so, and I know a lot of people are saying, well, they're not quite ready to compete. How does signing like Nick Castellanos and like a Marcus Stroman, who I heard you guys mention earlier, how does that hurt the development of our prospects? Other than we, it'll screw up draft position, for the following year. You know what I mean? And also, if I'm if I'm a GM and I know I've got a lot of young players like a Brennan Davis coming through and Nico's still young, we forget that he was drafted in the same draft class as Brennan Davis. He's only 23-ish, 24 maybe. Madrigal was drafted in 2018 too. You know, a lot of young players. Who better to have them play alongside than Nick the Stick, than Nick Castellanos, the guy who says every day is opening day. You're telling me you don't want that attitude, that mindset around young players players i would sign him in a heartbeat i would sign a shortstop and i would sign two at least two starting pitchers one on the higher tier like a strowman scherzer would be pretty nice too because he only wants like a two-year deal he's like 38 but he's still high level so he doesn't really hurt your long-term plans either when he's done that'll be the Hendricks, uh the hayward money will come off the books i just really think a successful offseason is four free agents two starting pitchers two hitters and, and then bullpen of actually agents, trust you know, them enough okay, to tweak three. around and find some fringe guys it wouldn't be too expensive to make a decent bullpen, you know?
1: You might already have the bullpen out of the guys you already have. Like you might sure. have already been developing these dudes, and like because it seems like the, a lot of the guys that are coming into the pipeline, you know, even even maybe somebody like Alzali might end up in the bullpen. You know, we don't know or, or how they piggyback these dudes. Like you know, we're seeing you know the whole new thing is like you just don't hit. You don't, you don't pitch to a, a batter a third time in a baseball game anymore. Like by definition, it's all pitch count 80, you know, you're not taking the innings like you used to. I think it's just everybody's brewers and out a, it's cheaper. And B, if, sure. you, if if you can get guys to go multiple innings, then you can just kind of piece it together. You saw the combined no hitter this year. Um, you know, it, it, that's exactly the, the kind of thought process behind that. Do you, and so that's what I'm wondering is like when they do do, sign these four guys? Is it with an eye to, like, let's keep this to, for a competitive – couple years and this is the core that we're building around at this point or is it another like flippity-doo-dah when all of a sudden like you're just like hey we'll get Jack Peterson if he's good in the first part of the year we're gonna flip him and and you know we got you know expiring contracts and Wilson Contreras we're gonna flip him or are they are they really turning the roster over and just getting some placeholders until the young guys come up or are they doing something to solidify the next four years so that we kind of know what we got.
10: Well, to, to throw Sarah a compliment now that I gave her a hard time about, uh, I believe they can sign enough free agents. She made a good point about like signing back a guy like Javi. I don't see Javi happening. They've made it kind of clear that they're trying to cut back on strikeouts. And if they do re sign Javi, then Ian Happ's bye bye. Cause you're not going to have a lineup with Ian Happ, Patrick Wisdom and Javier Baez in it. They're just not going to do that. They've, they've already played that game of high strikeout guys. And we forget Contreras is kind of on the higher end of strikeout guys. You know, everyone else, Schwindel, Horner, Madrigal, they're great. So. Balance is important, but that's what I think. I honestly think, though, if you signed any of the free agent shortstops that are out there, when Christian Hernandez comes knocking on the door in a couple years, or whoever, because we got some depth at shortstop, then you could easily slide your Corey Seager over to third base. You could easily slide any one of those guys over. It's not that's the way they need to look at it. Look at it like, who can we sign that doesn't block any of the young guys knocking on the door? I'm I'm not into this. It, I understood it back in twenty twelve, you know, going into the twenty twelve season of signing guys to flip them. It was a very smart idea that the Cubs back then, though, had zero infrastructure. That was a completely different franchise. Right now, our farm system is ranked as high as eighth on fan graphs. it's It's going in the right direction. and we have tons of money going forward. It's not like we have all these dead weight contracts like we kind of did in twenty twelve. So I don't really see the need to get the Jock Petersons to flip. Also, if you're a player out there, why are you signing when you know you're gonna get flipped? I, I don't I mean if you're desperate, you need the job, I guess. Uh, I kind of talked myself out of the, that one. Um, <laughs> no, but you know but what I mean?
1: I, no, you, you'd rather be on a team that's actually going for it. I think it's what you're saying, as opposed yeah. to in the middle of the year, I'm going to have to like move my entire family somewhere else. And, and when, we, yeah.
4: when, we, when, we, when we talk about the flipping, I mean, the main idea is sometimes guys just have off years. And, and rather than sign a mediocre, medium-range deal, you still are going to bet on yourself and say, okay, you know what? I'm going to take just kind of small money here for one year. Take Kyle Schwarber, for example. You know what I mean? It's it's like, here's a guy that he was, you know, he got cut by the Cubs. He found Washington picked him up off the scrap heap pretty cheap. Now, all of a sudden, he might be able to kind of uh, parlay that into something a little bit more. You know what I mean?
10: Yeah, him and Marcus Simeon are two guys that bat and won where a lot of guys really didn't, you know? Um there's a handful of guys who kind of signed those one-year deal, too. I understand from a player's perspective. Josh Donaldson did it recently, and he, he bet on himself and won. So, yeah, if you hope to get one of those guys, that's great. But for some reason, and I think maybe someone mentioned this earlier, free agents always get off to slow starts with the Cubs. I don't know what it is. It, it is, put-
4: is so mind it, – it pisses me off to know. Are it. they in
10: awe of Wrigley Field? Are they thinking, whoa, this is this is, this is is amazing and more than I expected, and they, they're so desperate to get off to a good start? or I don't know what it is like – uh, I mean, Moises Olu, terrible first season. Derek Lee, terrible first season. Uh, so many guys. Jason we can name
1: Hayward, them. terrible. Jason, well, that kept yeah, going. So, terrible uh, I like Jay
10: Hay as a person, of course, we all do. <laughs> but there's been, you know, you Darvish, terrible first year. Craig Kimbrell, you know. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a weird thing. And if any of those guys, like we just mentioned, imagine if Darvish was good in 2018, we would have won 105 games. The 2018 season will always be that turning point season that there should be like a a 30 for 30 or a real documentary on because people forget they won 95 games with Chris Bryant missing 60 and you Darvish being bad slash hurt.
3: And and Tyler Chatwood sucking. Yeah. Chatwood
10: sucking, played 40 games in 41 days. Remember that crazy stretch?
3: Yeah. Yeah. If they win 95 games this season, you know, they're in the postseason. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the Cardinals are in with, what, 90 fucking wins.
10: If we're yeah. in the AL, or the NL East, I think Braves only won with 89. Yeah, I mean,
3: I, look, I, I,
10: I'm never leaving. I love the Cubs, love them to death. It was just a very awful, awful season that I can't wait to never think about again. Um, you know, our hearts got ripped out in a lot of ways. It's just the season had a black cloud going into it. Don't you ever think to yourself, like, How well do players play going in thinking I have to be awesome so I don't get traded, so I get an extension that I want to be here?
3: When your ownership fucking trades and forces the trade of your best pitcher before a game is even played, I mean, how do you feel as a player going into that? You know, like, I'm with you, Joe, on that. Well, like, that and, and also I
1: think what Joe's saying is, like, the pressure, and we talked about it at the beginning, and the, the right b- before the season started, we did a, a roundtable, the day before the season started, and we said, which of these players are going to uh, succumb to the pressure of this, play for your contract, play for the big money next time? You, you got everybody, Rizzo, Bryant, and Javi, uh, all kind of doing the exact same thing. You know, which, which players are going to rise to that occasion and which are going to put too much pressure on themselves and fizzle, fizzle out? Well, I mean, I don't know. I, I felt like, especially a guy like Javi, kind of suffered underneath that kind of cloud there. But he still, because he, then he finally had that pressure off, goes to New York, and he's done better than all the other guys that got traded away who are a little bit more consistent as players as it is. But I, I agree with that. Like, I think that, you know, that idea that you can just be better based all of a sudden, based upon the fact that I might get more money, if I'm really awesome right now, is just a fallacy, and I don't see, like, I can't make all of a sudden, hey, Danny, if you make a really great show tonight, we're going to give you $500, you know, yeah. and then, you know, that'd be, like, okay, you guys, don't fuck this up, because if people don't like the show, I'm not going to get paid, and, like, you know, I can't... Paul, people- internet
10: fucks up again, and, yeah, and everything.
2: Yeah, like, fuck it, Paul, you fucked up Damn with it. the internet, and, you know, <laughs>
1: Hey, Sun Ranto listeners, one final plea for you to please join our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash sunranto. You get the show early and ad-free, and you help the show stay on the air. Um, what more can I say but that without you, our sponsors, we are basically doing this for free and you're stealing from us. <laughs> uh, no, you are, um, because we only get about a penny a download for every single show that gets downloaded. The money is crap and, um, you know, we've got lots of expenses. We've got our stream yard, we've got our website, we've got uh, tickets that we have to buy and events to throw, uh, we've got microphones and headphones and selfie lights and all sorts of, um, uh, expenses, like, I can't even tell you about the expenses that the bleacher bump band incurs, that's just about as much as doing the show. And, um, you know, we can't do it without you, so uh, very frankly, um, join our Patreon campaign, dot com slash sunranto, and you will help the show stay on the air. If you don't join our Patreon campaign, not only will you have to listen to annoying ads, um, but you'll have to listen to me begging you to join our Patreon campaign, which I know can't be all that enjoyable. I know I don't like doing it, and I wouldn't do it if we had enough patrons, so... Um, you know, it's just like, please just help us stay on the air. That's all I can say. Um, 10% of the money goes to the Lost Boys program, and we help kids in Chicago play baseball on the South Side, building our community ever stronger. Um, it's like, I don't know what else to say. If, if, if that's not enough to, to get you to come on or just say, hey, buy each one of us a beer per year for doing this show at the $3 level. If you like the music, $5 level. If you want a free calendar, the $10 level. You know, I, I I don't know what I don't know what, what else to say to convince you to do it. It's just that if you don't do it, that it, it it's like okay, oh, all right, all right, buddy. I guess you don't have a dollar. <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. If you'd give a dollar to like a dude outside a Jewel who's asking you to help buy a sandwich, you know, then you should give us a dollar to us uh, uh, because we do a lot more than just stand there. You know, so that, that's all I could say. It, please just support us. Um, patreon.com/sunranto 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 support podcasts support music support us and thank you. Here's the well, I mean, it's
10: again. another thing too. People forget that because I'm sure there's some people thinking a lot of guys play great in a contract year. Yeah, it's not as many as you think. That's kind of a fallacy. The guys who really go off get a lot of attention for it, but most people don't play that well. And also, this wasn't your typical crop of free agents. These were guys who bonded over doing the unimaginable. They accomplished the thing that no one thought most of our whole lives. We were told by Sox fans, which is why they're pieces of shit. Go (laughs) Astros! that. That the Cubs would never win. We were told they'll never go to win. And so when it happened, it felt like very special. We are linked to them forever. And so I'm sure they all kind of went, javi has got a tattoo that says Cubs world series champions on his arm. You know what I mean? Rizzo, like, loved being here. We know Bryant. We saw his reaction breaking down in tears. So it was a little different than, say, your typical free agent year. Say you played for the Phillies for five years or six years, didn't win shit, and you're just going to be a free Like, that's completely different than what these guys went through, you know, as Cubs doing the unimaginable.
1: They they I, hit it uh, early
3: and then kind of fell down the other side of the mountain.
10: Yeah, I do. Dev- I do... Hey,
3: devil's advocate. Lots of people have Cubs World Series uh, tattoos, that you wouldn't want playing for the Cubs.
4: I do have to <laughs> I do have to apologize for my internet. I have AT&T and some guy sings in my bathtub and I keep asking about the drone chef, so I don't know what. <laughs> oh, <got it. laughs>
1: That's the one positive thing I can say about going into the offseason. I will be listening to way less 670, the score, and hearing that stupid drone chef commercial. I can't fucking take it anymore. I just can't. Um, that and the woman who you know had surgery or life was saved by removing her organs and then they got the cancer <laughs> out of her heart I was like Jesus Christ suppressing uh, my own body in, was killing me yeah I I'm, I'm gonna bring in our last guest to join the to join this conversation and and um, maybe he can inject a little bit of hope because uh, he he looks at the future of the Chicago Cubs he's Brian Smith. And he's coming on. He's at Cub prospects rights wow. over at Bleacher Nation, and uh, w- welcome. This is your first time on the Sun
3: Ranto show. Yeah, it, I think he fits perfectly with Joe's positivity and and Brian's like support of that. Where it's all coming from, it's gonna gonna just turn this all around, right?
10: I'm a big fan of Brian, so I'm excited for this. I might mute myself so I can just listen.
9: So- I mean, you know, I, I don't know that I can promise only positivity, guys. I feel like I'm going to let oh, everybody God down. <laughs> well, well
1: tell, us, tell us right now. I mean, just the, the big question now is who do you see? I mean, everybody's saying Brendan Davis. Do you think he's uh, in to make the club next year? I don't see him being blocked anywhere. But, uh, you know, I don't know if they hold him down for a little more seasoning or whatever the hell. But he um, had a great year. Who else do you see? making their debut uh, that you've been watching the minor leagues on the 2022 squad?
9: Yeah, I think that's a great question. I and mean, I think the answer is probably um, not not a ton, except I think there are a lot of guys that can break out and take it to that next step. So, you know, somebody like Ryan Jensen, who had a really nice year in high A, finished in double A, He's not. it's not a huge gap between his skill level and, and the major leagues. I think he can definitely get there. You know, Miguel Amaya and Braylon Marquez miss, you know, in Miguel's case, most of the year, in Braylon's case, all of the year. And those are two guys that that I think skill-wise are not that far away. But, you know, in terms of planning on the 2022 Cubs, if you want that team to be good, I think Brennan's probably the only guy that you can really plan for.
1: And do you think they start to see, like you think he he's going to be at the major league camp and he, you think he breaks camp with them?
9: I do not think he breaks camp. I think, yeah, he'll be, he'll be in, uh, in spring training camp the whole way. Probably he'll probably be one of the last cuts. And when he gets cut, you know, probably still playing the end of those games. I think he will go to Iowa probably, you know, I would say June, but I think teams are skewing a lot quicker to get guys up and Um, you know, maybe we do see him in early May or, you know, even about the time Chris Bryant, you know, debuted, maybe I, he'd have to really show out in Arizona, I think for that to happen. But yeah, I'm thinking, I'm thinking late May.
4: I got to tell you, you're talking about early spring. I had the pleasure, Brian and I went to a Cubs versus Sox alt game. I was was thinking about that today. We, we went out to Boomer Stadium in Schaumburg right out here, and I have a picture of myself with the lineup of that day. And I don't know if it's showing up really well here, but this was the
9: lineup for that day. Ian no, that Miller the, that's the lineup for today, Crowley. I don't know what you're
4: talking about. <laughs> they, Ian wait, Miller wait, in center field, wait, Ro- wait, Romine wait. in third base, Ortega in right field, Wisdom in first base, Martini in left field, Giambroni DH, Lobaton catching, Avelino shortstop, and Alcantara was the second baseman that day. You got to – honestly, Brian, did you think when we went to that damn game that we would literally have three-quarters of
9: this lineup starting for Major League games? I I literally thought about it this morning, about that game and about how many of those players ended up playing for, for Chicago and in a few cases, you know, making a difference. I mean, what a what a bizarre few months we've had. I'm more surprised that Bill Suggs
3: owns a team in Chomber. Yeah, boom, the the Boomer
1: Stadium, yeah. Uh, the, uh, so, and and I guess my, my next question is like, we made all these moves, you know, the blue Friday and, you know, totally ripped out the soul of, uh, Chicago Cubs fans in order to get a hell of a lot younger, got a bunch of teenagers started with the U Darvish trade, I guess, you know, when you're, you're getting a Preciado and uh, that haul from the Padres and stuff. Um, those guys are far away. We, uh, we've all talked about that on, on this show. Uh, but, how do you, like after that initial sort of, you know, shock to the system when the dust settled there and like the guys came over and started working, like what was your assessment of how we did in those trades overall?
9: Yeah, I think that I, – I think the U trade is a, a good example that almost sets you up for later in the season is that, you know, I don't think I, – I certainly wasn't somebody that liked that trade the day it was made and – um and criticized the Cubs for it. And I know, you know, Cubs Twitter was certainly um, it was one of the few issues that I feel like most people agreed on. And as the season went along, we saw more and more. It was almost like every month that trade looked a little better. You know, the prospects started looking better. Darvish started playing a little worse and, and that trade now, I think you'd say looks pretty darn good. They, the Cubs, I think have two blue chip prospects from that trade and, Um, And certainly Darvish was not going to contribute to a good team in Chicago. So that was good. And I think with the July trades, I mean, a lot of similar things happened. I mean, the Rizzo trade happens and Kevin Alcantara in Arizona, you know, is one of the best players there. I think the number three prospect by Baseball America. Wait, did um, you just say yet another Alcantara? Yep.
3: We have, okay. seven, we have
1: 17 now in the system. It's a, we're just stockpiling Alcantara. It's it's the
4: new market inefficiency. <laughs>
1: yeah.
9: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I mean, when um, KB was traded, I think that was the trade people criticized probably the most, that that return didn't really seem like a, what a former MVP should get. And, and then Alex Canario came to South Bend and hit six home runs in his first six games or something. And and he had a great um, stint with the Cubs. And I think he looks like a solid prospect. And I actually really like the pitcher they got that, that didn't get to pitch so much with the Cubs there. And yeah, I think overall Jed did really well, but you know, one of the things they say about sports is that the easiest thing for a front office to do to buy itself time before getting fired is to do that rebuild. And everybody, everybody likes a rebuild when it's far away I think it's the next couple of years when these guys stop being teenagers and get to double A AA and triple A that will that will really see if Jed made good trades. But I think I think right now they actually do almost across the board look like pretty solid trades, given you know where we saw the Cubs season was heading in July.
4: Brian, the trade that I always had trouble with was I, I felt like they didn't get enough, and maybe I'm, I've just been burned by the White Sox too often. Was the Craig Kimbrell? I thought the return for that was a little light. Uh, what do you, what, what, what did you think about that trade in specific? Because I mean, you had a guy who was looking absolutely lights out as a closer. If you're talking about that key piece to world pe- series, we did that with Chapman. You know what I mean? Did you yeah. feel the return was enough for, uh, for Craig Kimball?
9: I think, I mean, I think that return is a bet on Nick Madrigal. And I think that, you know, one of the things that we can, that we can often forget is it's fun to dream about the, the prospects with the big ceiling. But to have a guy who's in the major leagues, who's a positive contributor, who's probably a multi-war player, you know, those players don't come up very often on the trade market, and so I think you know he's he's above he's above prospects. You know, he's a, he's a guy who is going to contribute next year, and I think that the Cubs are making a bet that that his value is better than what a pretty bad White Sox system was going to offer them, and. You know, I guess we don't know what those other trade offers for Craig looked like, but you know, I don't have a hard time believing that, that Nick Madrigal was the player they were offered that has by far the highest floor.
2: Yeah,
10: that's and, true. My only co- problem with it was it takes Nico off a second base where Nico is so strong. So could, yeah. could Madrigal play left field? You think that's a possibility?
9: You know. I, I, I've always been I've been intrigued by um, Tom, Full Count Tommy's idea to to play Madrigal some at DH. I think that that's a, that's an actually a pretty interesting idea. Yeah, I think Nico has only played center field a little bit, but his instincts out there were really good. I think you know he's he's going to be fine as a twenty five game a year shortstop, and um, I think you can make it work. But I have the same concerns. I mean, they are they are similar players. Playing the same position, it is a strange fit, but um, you know, I think that I think where they wanted to take this offense moving forward, Nick was such a perfect fit for Jed's idea of what you want to build towards in the future that I think he just uh, wasn't going to worry about that. Right, yeah.
4: and you're you're talking about the the hitter that profiles as as a contact hitter, bat stays in the zone, yep. etc.
9: Yep,
1: yeah. Well, and that's uh, I guess uh, the, my question is, you know. It was high strikeout power dudes. Everybody swinging out of their shoes for a while. Now they're going the completely different other direction. It's going to be all contact hitters. We're going to hit a bunch of singles and doubles, and you know that kind of thing. And they, you know, maybe not have the you know the strikeout rates be so high. Did they, you know, are they zagging too hard from the zig, or you know, like what do you think? Because they also drafted that way. It seemed
9: yeah I think that's a good point, and I and I think that that's I think what Jed is under the belief is that you can find power on the free agent market. you know, I mean, the, pretty much every major league hitter that's getting regular at bats these days that that plays a corner position can hit a lot of home runs. So I think he thinks I can supplement the roster from free agency with power very easily. It's getting the guys that have contact skills that's becoming a little more difficult. The guys that can hit a high fastball, the guy, you know, I mean, Frank Schwindel is an example of, you know, a, a type of hitter that I think the Cubs were really struggling to find for a few years. And I think that Jed believes that he can, if he has four good contact hitters, he can go find four good power hitters. Now, now, Brian, uh, you know, I'd like to
4: take your, I'd like to get your opinion on Dan Kantrovitz. He's had what two drafts now? Yep. So, what, what do you think about his draft choices versus, say, what uh, Jason McLeod was doing when he kind of was running the draft?
9: Yeah, um, I think that Dan is has really shown that he wants a definitive major league skill in the players that he drafts. I think that I, I think that when you look at those players. You all, and, and this was also true with uh, with a lot of the guys the Cubs acquired, is that what they want to see is somebody that has a skill that they know for sure is going to translate, and then they work on developing the rest of the game. Where I think Jason tended to get, get guys that, that had a lot of tools that were a little bit there, but what where he ultimately failed when you look at some of those players is that a lot of those skills weren't above average or even average major league skills. And that was what ultimately held them back. So I think that's been the biggest difference that I've seen with Dan and with the guys that we've selected is that with each one, I mean, you could, you could bring up all um, 25 players he's drafted so far. And I think I could point to a skill they have that they believe translates to the majors.
1: Cool. Well, hopefully it'll start translating soon because Lord knows, uh, you know, it, it, this was a t- terrible year for all of us and it, yeah. a year unlike most any other. I mean, I know, you know, it's, a, it's way different than like when Jeff Samarja got traded away, or, you know, like nobody really cared that much. Like we all knew what was going to happen. The The team hasn't really signaled a particular direction in the short term, you know, long to, you know, that everybody that we got was teenagers And I I think, uh, you know, it just remains to be seen what kind of money they spend this offseason. And we're all hopeful that, you know, the billionaires will open up their billion dollar bank accounts and start spending it on baseball players. And, you know, and if they don't, well, then we I think we just play the waiting game. I don't know what that looks like, but I know Chicago ain't going to be happy and I know nobody on this show is going to be happy. So
4: I will say this, though, Joe, Joe, you were talking earlier about not going to games. And even if I wasn't a season ticket holder. One of the things I love doing is just going with other guys and talking baseball. That's why we do what we do is we just, you know, whether they're it's good true. or bad, we enjoy talking about baseball. And, and and to me, there's no better place to talk baseball than at Wrigley Field. And so I think that, you know, I really appreciate everybody on here that, you know, went, you know, I got to, an opportunity to go to game with uh, Michael. I was supposed to, and things didn't work out, but, you know. I, was, you know, going to Charlie games doesn't
3: like me anyway. So that's
4: <laughs> <laughs> <Going> <laughs> to games to Separate
3: them with a, with a box here.
4: <laughs> you know, I got to go. I got to listen to Brian break down Manny Rodriguez in South Bend, and Joe and I got to talk hours at Nisei and at Club Four Hundred. But it was such a blast, and I appreciate you guys coming on here and talking baseball and giving us some of your time tonight.
10: Oh, well, thank you. And you're right. There's no better place than Wrigley Field, and I'm optimistic. I think uh, I'm hoping that Tom Ricketts was being honest with Danny Rocket that one day, yep. <laughs> said they're going to be good next he did. year.
1: I asked him, I went right down there. I said, Tom, buy us a team. And he goes, don't worry, we'll be good next year. But he didn't say we'd be great. He just said good. Which, oh, yeah. You know, just
10: be on the way. Be on the way. Be one or two moves minutes. at the deadline. That's my no. thing. A lot of people, sorry, I know you're wrapping it up, and you said such a great <laughs> thing, Crawley. And I'm going to go on one last rant and ruin everything. No, go on the rant. This is right, but yo, Do it. So many people are just like, uh, there's not enough moves to make to make us a World Series contender. I'm like, well, that's fine, but make us a division contender. It's fine to go into a season where maybe a move at the deadline puts you over the top. I feel like everyone wants a team that's just set in stone on paper. I don't really think that's 100% necessary. And I keep bringing up the framework of 0708 because that was clearly, uh, you know, the Zell owned the team and he wanted to prop up the value. So they were trying to buy a winner. But imagine if in 07, or going into 07, when they made the Soriano, Ted Lilly, Mark DeRosa, I think Jason Marquito's four big signings. They made that offseason to take them from worst to first. Imagine if at that time, they also had the farm system the Cubs currently do on the rise. That's that's what I'm looking for. I'm like, go sign Nick Castellanos. Get I want Seager as all well, the shortstops because he's a lefty, and I don't think he's going to be as expensive as, say, Correa or whatever. And yeah, damn right. I love that shirt, Brian. Yeah. You could spend money short term while... This young crop, and we've Brian even said it Davis is the only guy really knocking on the door. The rest of these guys are a couple years away. There's no reason not to spend some money in the short term while these guys develop uh, in the farm. It just, I don't see how one, oh, they signed to Castellanos. I guess that means they're not going to develop people anymore. How the—how does yeah. that go against the other thing? It's just weird to me. Yeah,
1: you have to do both. You know, you have to spend and you have to develop. And that's kind of where the Cubs, and I think we can look at it in hindsight right now. Fell a little bit short, you know. the The idea was that there was going to be this constant pipeline of players that were going to come through and help out at the major league level. That kind of came a little bit too little, too late. When it did come, it came in the form of middle relief. So you're like, cool, all right, and you know, now you get. Although that
10: 2018 draft's looking pretty good right now. Yeah,
1: well, yeah, you're. Well, I don't know. I don't even know who's in it, but like, is that Nico and Brendan Davis? Oh, Nico Brendan Davis. But then you look at like you know some of the guys kind of knocking on the door of the rotation. Your Keegan Thompsons and your uh, Samson maybe becomes something, you know, I think we're all pretty high on Justin Steele because he throws with his left hand, you know, out, morale's ali and all those, all these dudes, <laughs> you, you know, You we don't know what they're going to be because, you know, when they get to the major league level, that's such a, a high step up from the minor league level and all the preparation you, you have and all the, the, the work you've done sometimes doesn't translate um, at the major league level. Sometimes it doesn't work out. You know, that's, we've seen that, go both ways. And we've seen guys that we didn't think were going to be a guy, become a guy, you know, like nobody knew Kyle Hendricks and his 89 mile per hour fastball was going to work out as well as it did, for example, when we traded for him, you know, but uh, you know, I, I, I guess what I'm saying is hopefully they can finally start doing that thread, the needle thing that they said they were going to do before this, you know, and they can develop at the same time as buying I hope they start buying because otherwise it's going to be another long season like this year, even maybe worse. Well,
9: you know, when you're talking about threading the needle like that, I think where the Cubs failed in threading the needle was in two spots. In one, I think they spent so much of the money that they had available ahead of time that they weren't able to be flexible with money in the off seasons of the last couple of years, the last two, three, probably three off seasons. They, there wasn't enough money left over, and the other place I think they failed was that they didn't leave flexibility for guys to surprise, like you just said, Danny. And
3: well, I, uh, I believe Theo actually told us he specifically spent money in a way that would leave him open for the next three years. Back when he did that, do you? It, maybe I'm remembering that wrong, but do you guys remember something like that in the he left uh, it open for
10: this year because there's nothing. Well, I, but, but he I, left I do it think the like moved.
3: It was it was the uh, it was the Darvish signing, and and he was saying that they had money to spend in the next few years, and they were targeting those off seasons. And then when those off seasons came around, it felt like the uh, well. Then we got Daniel Descalzo. Yeah. Well,
1: I mean, yeah. you you you, took, you had the Cole Hambles deal. You give the guy twenty million dollars, and then like you get called, called the carpet the 13, or something. Yeah. So it's so really Brent, I don't, I don't
3: my, want to argue with you. My, I'm just
9: I'm just wondering if. If, yeah, no. Am I remembering that wrong or... Well, Joe Joe talked earlier about 2018 being kind of the 30 for 30 year. And, and I think that I, I agree with that. And one place that I think you can really see that twist start to happen is that Bryce Harper free agency. If you look six months before Bryce Harper's a free agent and you read what Theo Epstein's saying about budget, to your point, what he's talking about the money in the future, it absolutely sounded like the Cubs believed they had more money to spend and then you move the calendar forward to that October, right before that free agency, and Cubs beat writers had started to get whispers, and they were starting to tell us there's not even close to anywhere to, to have enough money to sign Bryce Harper. And that twist, those few months about what happened between Theo thinking he had money and then not having any money, I think is one of the most interesting stories about these, this seven years that I don't think we probably ever hear, but I think it tells a huge amount of the story of why this decline ended up happening. Yeah. Brian, so right. at club 400. Yeah.
10: Do you guys remember grunt. though when Ricketts said that they <laughs> went 500 million over renovation same off season? Yeah, I, can't I, be a coincidence.
4: Now Brian, you know, I agree with you on that one. There there's two 30 for 30s I want to see. It is that off season that 6-month period you talked about and then it was after the 2017 NLCS when they fired all the coaches. That was Maley, Bazio Gary Jones all the guys that developed the guys, you know, that we all came to love. And so those are the two things that I most want to hear about, about can someone tell us the truth about what happened there?
1: Yeah. Well, hopefully we could just forget about it. Cause we'll be good next year. We'll be like, Oh, fuck it. Who cares? It's 28 <laughs> Looking
9: forward, baby. Yes. We'll never on. look back again. Don't stop. Thinking yeah, about, I mean, I, you know, I guess the 30 for 30 should probably be 2016, the year the Cubs won the World Series, yeah. right?
3: Yeah. Nobody cares about that, about that anymore. Oh, yeah, we just... all fucking did that. It's great. We You're love living it. in the past. I nobody... got all the DVDs in my house still. I got like seven yeah, of no, them. Nobody wants to see the dark side of that year. Fucking leave that pristine <laughs> gem that we love. Leave that shit alone. Tell us what happened afterwards.
1: Put it in a time capsule. So uh Brian and Joe, we're gonna let you go and then we're gonna wrap up the show. But thank you guys for coming on. Uh, you know, we'll we'll do it again this off season. I think it's hopefully gonna be a very interesting off season and that we'll have lots of lots of good things and exciting, <laughs> hopeful things to talk about uh shortly. Hopefully, so.
9: see you guys at Yaxie's y- y- next opening day. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, well my actually,
1: we got to invite you. Uh, Ronnie Woo Woo's birthday party. He's turning 80, uh, 6 to 9 p.m. at uh, the Cubby Bear. He's inviting everybody. He's turning 80 years old. We're all going to show up and make it a big special day for him. Hopefully, he doesn't grab our asses like he used to back in the 90s. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, Boy, but but you're when, invited. You, when, you, when you feel really like that, jeez, what an offer. Like. <laughs> I said, hopefully.
4: What an offer! You come to Ronnie's birthday party, your ass will get grabbed. Don't miss it. I, I, I'm well, gonna, I'm in
10: then.
1: I'm, well, it might be me grabbing your ass, but uh, I'm 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 gonna ju- I'm gonna I'm gonna jump out of a cake. I can guarantee it's worth it's worth the price of admission, which is free. So, uh, well, thanks for coming on, guys. And uh, thank we'll, you. We'll, we'll talk to you guys soon, and um, and then we'll wrap up the show. All right, later, guys. Uh, Cub, uh, Brian Smith, Joe Kilgallen. Follow them uh, where you can follow them. Later, later, brothers. All right, uh, so uh, that was another successful roundtable. We've, of course, go on a, gone over a little time uh, by 15 minutes. That's to be expected. Uh, good thing I didn't drink tonight because if it was up to Michael Cotton, we'd be going all night.
3: <laughs> we, we honestly, we would. Uh, I, I, I posted in the chat earlier, like, when I'm required to speak every few minutes, you know the beers go down a lot slower. Yeah, I, I made, had, it. So I made it I mean I almost, I almost
1: I almost pulled out some drinks to have on the show and I said, "You know what? You know this is I'm going to try to keep this thing like running like a smooth ship as best I can. So and I'm going to do a better job of it as if I stay sober, but I can tell you this right now, I need a drink." So I'm going to end the show. Um you guys, I, first of all I want to say uh, oh, I I actually
3: I just, I just want to say, uh, I don't have one with me, so
1: I can't. Tell I, you. I,
3: I, I actually ran out of my uh, New Holland beer and had to switch to my whatever the fuck. Lane. Coors of Light. Now you're, now you're. I, now you're I don't know, run. Michael. Lake, if Lake, you Lakefront.
4: I don't know if you still have any more New Glarus, Michael, but this is Pair Twenty One. I think it came out pretty recently.
3: Ah, see, I don't like pear beers. We do have pear beer. We have that Pair Twenty One. No, I love this New Holland, the poet, baby. E.E. E. Cummings all year long. I figured I had to finish with the poet. This is a great dark oatmeal stout. Love it. So I just I just want to give you guys, I wrote down a few, well,
1: you already see the trivia questions, but I want to give it to the people in the, uh, in the chat that are still here. Okay. All right. Uh, I want to know, uh, can, there are three Cubs tied for first place uh, with th- only three triples. Can you name them? Say in the chat if you know if you can name the three Cubs tied for third place in the triples. You have the rest of the show. Wait, third it's, place in the major leagues? No, no, first place on the Cubs with three triples. Can you name the three Cubs who have three triples? Basically, that's what I'm saying.
4: Does Alcantara have one?
1: Yep, Sergio Alcantara. Um, and then well And then but it, the rest is for the chat because I think. Oh, geez. Because I think the rest of if you guys are looking at the script, then you already know. Uh, <laughs> well, suddenly
3: Danny realizes that Crawley and I have not. looked <laughs> Oh yeah, look at the script. All right, we're, we're both like we have no fucking clue. We have no clue. All right, so so here's right, so so then
1: you can guess, you, you, Michael. You know who else has three triples on the Cubs? Sergio Alcántara's one. Anybody in the chat? Want to I guess? Bl- I believe
3: Ortega. No. Nope. All right, God, so keep keep, keep, them keep them coming, keep coming in. If you guys can think about it, I got a couple. Okay, we here. got a we we got a, a Happ and Ortega, Hayward Duffy, Duffy, no. Duffy and Ortega. Ray says Mar-
1: Mar- Ray Vicario says Mariznick and Rizzo. That is correct. Mariznick wow. and Rizzo. So he looked that up real quick. Rizzo, it's, Rizzo. There's no way Rizzo. Rizzo, Rizzo God, it's like, yes. That's hilarious. Anthony Rizzo. Rizzo has- yeah, I know. I, that's why right. it's a trick, <laughs> it's a trick question. Nobody would ever get it. Nobody, nobody, nobody would guess that Rizzo, had Rizzo. I know that's why it was a trick, trick question. All right, who has more strikeouts? Even Anthony Rizzo is like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> who has more strikeouts? Uh, and this is something you can't look up real quick because I had to add it all up. Who has more strikeouts? All the Cubs pitchers combined, and with two hundred thirty-three total at bats, or Anthony Rizzo and Greg Schwindel with five hundred forty-five at bats combined. Who has more strikeouts? All Cubs pitchers or Rizzo and Schwindel? Oh, I'm going batters. I think I batters suck anymore. Crawley? The batters. Th- no, all Cubs pitchers with half the at-bats have 119 strikeouts to Rizzo and Schwindel uh, with a combined 95.
3: So, well, wrong. Wow. Yeah. Rizzo and Schwindel with a combined 95. That's yeah. actually really impressive, but I assume you're not adding in the second half of the season with Rizzo at No, it's all Cubs.
1: Um, Of the 19 teams, is the last question, of the 19 teams that the Cubs faced, how many teams do they have a winning record against? I know they do against the Cardinals. They do not, actually, after being swept. They didn't beat the Cardinals uh, season series? Nope, they did not. In the season series, and I'm looking at it right now, Uh, They were eight, and uh, they were nine and
3: ten. (sighs) How many teams did they beat more often than they lost? Yeah. Uh, Pirates? Yep. And the Dodgers? Yep. Two. What about the Mets? Yep. Three. Okay. Thanks for saving me on that one, Carly. I never got the Mets, and I don't know anybody else. The Reds? Uh, Arizona. Detroit oh, fuck, Arizona, about,
1: I guess. San College. Diego and Washington, so there's San Diego
4: teams. was the weird one. they always did really well against them, but
1: yeah yeah, yeah, uh Pincus got uh, John Pincus got the Padres. yeah, that is true, so seven teams out of nineteen, so we got to do better than that next year, fellas and um hey i I had a great year uh it's not over you know we're not we're not leaving as Dom would say. Uh, because There's was, no off-season. Yeah, because yeah, nine, for nine years we've brought you this nine show, and, and, and we years. did it. Yeah, this is the end of our ninth season, um, nine innings, and so I want to announce my retirement. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, what I want to announce is that on December 11th, we're going to be singing Cubs carols. I'm going to make a Facebook invite for that, uh, and we're going to start the Cubs caroling early. So if you start submitting your Cubs Christmas carols, it's only October, but hey, Christmas trees are already next to the pumpkins at Target, so why the hell
3: I not? have two Christmas trees in my front yard right now. See? That's
1: how it goes. So December 11th, save the date. That's Saturday. We're going to go out, and we're going to go around Wrigleyville. We're going to sing songs. Um, it's not booked yet, but I think we're a tentative date. Save the date for the unconventional. We're looking at January 29th as a possibility. It's a little later than we would have liked to do it, but that's my fault because I've got a theater thing coming up. And uh, so save that date for right now. Uh, we're going we're gonna to have uh, a lot of fun. We're going to have as much fun as we can. We'll probably be going – we haven't discussed it between the three of us, but we'll be going about once a week-ish uh, in the off season. I don't know what day of the week we're going to do that. But well,
3: gonna what, once – we're going to be doing like we do now, once a week-ish, plus then we also have a green room session. Green room. That if you guys want to join, you should – uh, it, it's actually, it's a lot of fun. We, we definitely start with talking about the Cubs, but we let it roll to where it goes.
1: Yeah. Green room Thursdays at eight, download that green room app and uh, we'll be there. And then, uh, I don't know what day we'll be doing as probably, you know, Mondays or, you know, for us, it's usually a pretty good day or something, but we might switch that around throughout the year. So just like keep, keep in touch with us, get in touch with on our, join the ranchers page if you're not on it sunranto ranchers on facebook there's a discord there's a uh a uh, reddit r sunranto
8: yeah. Yeah, go, Sun Ra- go
3: there. Let's try and get everybody off of Facebook. Well, yeah, I mean, it'd be Facebook nice. Facebook's a horror show.
1: Yeah, I hate Facebook, but so like if if people transition over there, it's unfortunately it's just like the first thing, and a lot of it's how uh, we've it's been hard, connecting, yeah. and it's hard to get everybody off of there. People are already on there, you know, it's just easy for them to use. Uh, YouTube, but uh, we got Crawley's Clubhouse, we got Sunranto uh, page, we got Crawley's Clubhouse page where all for all the bobbleheads and stuff. We'll be doing stuff. We're not leaving. We're doing this all winter long. We'll be with you talking Cubs. Hopefully, there's a lot to talk about. And uh, and we're going to have a few parties. Bleacher Bump Band going to come out with some music. So join us on our Patreon page, please. Dollar a month gets you exclusive access to a lot of stuff we do. It's patreon.com slash Dollar a month. You can pay all at once, 10 bucks a year. It's all it costs to be a part of our special little club. Um, I'm going to put up the uh,
3: – where is it? Right. Uh, Def- definitely keep in touch because – you may think the season's over, but you would be amazed at the, the amount of content that we put up when there ain't shit happening. There ain't shit happening. <laughs> we still have a lot of fun.
1: No, we still have a lot of fun because we're all Cubs fans, and this is more about a sense of community. We're all fans, and that's really what it's more about. And I want to thank both of you guys for a really fun season. I've loved talking Cubs with you guys all year long. And I've, you know, it's in, you know, Michael. This is like our fifth or sixth season together. Crawley, this is our third now going, and uh, you know, we've been just all been friends uh, for a long time, you know. So it's, uh, I had a good time. I had a, it, it was a shitty year, but we did it together, and uh, hopefully, it was, you know, it'll pull up next year. So I'm looking forward to it. Alright, um, so let's just Spagog out here, I got a new song, it's called Blue Friday It's a sad cup song And you know, we'll, we'll just, hopefully we'll never have To write a sad song like this again <laughs> And we could just leave this as My only, or my You know, I have like three sad cup songs This is one of them, the most recent of them Is called Blue Friday, and uh, Spagog Guys, Spagog Spagog Spagog, spagog.
10: Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com match. Terms and conditions apply.
3: Need to hire? You need Indeed. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura, and now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com.
11: I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry...